How's it going, party people? Welcome to another episode of the Flow World Podcast. I am your host, Edgar Otraves. Now, today on the show, I have a very special guest. He's a former professional fighter and inducted into the Illinois Martial Arts Hall of Fame, and the list of his credentials are outstanding. He's an amazing person, and his name is Oscar Bravo. He is now a coach, and as a young man, he was my coach. He taught me everything I know about boxing and kickboxing and Muay Thai. Uh, this guy imparted so much wisdom, and the lessons he imparted on me not only served me in the ring, but also outside the ring, uh, and that influence stay with me for a lifetime. So I can't begin to express how much of an honor this is for me. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Here we go. Let's get this started. So welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. I am Edgar Traves, And today on the show, I have the honor of having a very special guest, this man, I don't think he realizes how important he was to me and, and uh, the things he did for me. Uh, and it was in such a, a small amount of time. I'm talking about Oscar Bravo, uh, former professional boxer who, who had a record of 23 and two, ranked 17 in the world. He's now a boxing coach, but he's more than just that. He has several, he's mastered, I guess, I, I want to say mastered in several martial arts. He's well-versed in the, in the fight game and his fight IQ is tremendous. Thank you, Oscar, for giving me the honor of having you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's the first for me. I'm not used to uh, doing shows like this. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it should be interesting. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. And, and, and uh, forgive me if I, if, if I shower you with praise, but at least for me now i just want to make it clear that i grew up in a little village a little village is a little rough uh there are rougher neighborhoods in chicago for sure but you know it's it's not it's not super safe but you know one of the things i, I came to to martial arts because you know you 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 want to learn self-defense and other things right but uh knowing you uh during that time when i was a young man you know 16 17 years old uh had such a an, an enormous amount of influence. And I know it. we've only spent, like maybe it was like three, four, maybe five years at best that, that we had trained together. But you coached me through a couple of fights and you taught me quite a few lessons. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that because uh, I wouldn't have the wherewithal to be where I'm at today. Not that I'm like rich or anything, but I don't live where I lived, where I lived before. I live in a better place. And some of the things that I gained from my experience with being with you is, uh, has carried me throughout life. Um, but anyway, so you were also inducted in the Illinois Martial Arts Hall of Fame, April 1st, 2017. What was that like? So, like, you got inducted. Well, let me go back mm -hmm. um, to those years where, where I met you and we trained. Uh -huh. Those were fun times. Yeah. I mean, you know, to... I didn't let it. I didn't train just anybody. You had to pass a certain test if you were going to be in my class. <laughs> uh, a certain test of like, because uh, <laughs> you had to be stupid at some point. <laughs> what am I doing this for? <laughs> Why am I getting punched in the face? Yeah, yeah. Why am I putting myself through this? But uh -huh. I guess it goes it goes further back than that because, like you said, we came from a from not a so good neighborhood. So I came, yeah. I, you know, from Humble Park, Bucktown, and we're talking eighty nine, nineties. 
86. Yeah, the, back when then. Those areas weren't what they are now. Yeah. You know, they're like, you know, trending neighborhoods now. Bucktown is, you know, Wicker Park. Yeah. I mean, we having to walk through there. If you're wearing the wrong colors, you get chased, you get beat up. Um, having to go to Clemente, you know, where I went to high school and, and from my neighborhood, you know, that was a trip. Yeah. You know, getting through, navigating the gangs and stuff. So I got into it too because I wanted to learn to defend myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I was getting picked on. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I was being picked on. And the worst part is I was being outnumbered. So oh. I had no choice, but like I figured out how to defend myself. Yeah. And then obviously you see all these martial art movies and stuff. And you see this one guy beating up 20 people. I said, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, if I can do that, I'll be okay. Yeah. And uh, it turns out you don't have to beat up 20 people. You just got to beat up one one person, the right person. Yeah. And then everybody leaves you alone. <laughs> and never came to that. But you, I, I had to stand up to that one person and then that one leader, that one punk. And yeah. then after that, everything like. You got respect. I was like, oh, they left me alone. Yeah. <laughs> they found somebody else. So, you know, that that's what we have in common. Uh, you talk about you're not being rich, whatever. I said, you know, it's, I see you have your house, you you, mm. you have your kids, you, you're married, you know, you're you're very wealthy. No. You know, and, Thank and we're, you. we're both, both very wealthy in that sense. So uh, things can always be better in life. We're always looking to better yeah, but things could be worse. And we, we've seen the worst of it, you know, being in, in Little Village. I yeah. couldn't go to a bit of, being from the north side, Normal mm -hmm. Park neighborhood and Bucktown, I couldn't go to the to your neighborhood. Yeah. That's a different gang. That was like, oh, going there with the wrong colors. Yeah. And I have family over there that I never visited because it was just like, oh, that's, that's too far away. And that's the, you know, driving in and out of there was no dangerous. Was safe. Yeah. So it was like, no way. You know? Well, uh, Little Village is divided in two into two kind of areas like at least when i was growing up there was two six before hamlin yeah. and then after hamlin it was no i'm sorry it was two six after hamlin going going west going towards cicero and so that was all two six and then before that it was it was all kings so going towards from from hamlin down to Orlandale, down to um where the jail is mm -hmm. on california that was all kings and so you had to be very careful how you tread and yeah, like if you were associate, if they saw you, you're associating with a certain gang. Oh, that's it. That's it. Now you can't cross that border, you know. So my parents had a, a grocery store, so we weren't, we weren't well off, but we weren't super poor. Like there were people who were much poorer in that neighborhood. But uh, if it wasn't for the money that my dad made, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to like join. You know, Degerberg is where we met. Yeah. You know, but yeah, like yeah, it, it, those those times were were rough. And the other way around getting beat up by gangs was, okay, so like one, or there's a couple of ways. One, you just straight out avoid them, right? Which is what I did. Uh, the other thing is like, you, like you're saying, you, you beat up the leader or you beat up the right guy and they leave you alone. But the third option is always like you just join a gang. Join a gang. That's, that's, that wasn't an option. Uh, I was more afraid of my father. You know, then joining a gay gang. He, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it was like that wasn't an option for me. Mm. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I had the fear of my father to keep me out of trouble. And I also lived my neighborhood. It's Milwaukee. In front of Milwaukee, north of Milwaukee, was the, the Latin lovers, the disciples, and behind me was Latin kings and the gay lords. So I was on the dividing line, literally on the dividing line. They were and called the gay lords. Yeah, that was uh, the Gaylords back in those days. That was, you know, their colors. They had, you know, the unknowns. And there was so many different little yeah. groups. But my friends lived across the street. 
in one gang, and I went to school on the other side of the street. So I was like, oh, it wasn't good. They yeah. could, if they could have put me over there with my friends, I would have been better off. But I wasn't in the district. And just because I was on this side of the street, it was nuts. You know, I was on the, north side, on the south side of the street instead of on the north side of the street. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was the same. It was uh, in, uh, you know, the Land Lovers, uh, where it's a Puerto Rican gang. Um, and the Gaylords was a white gang, whether it was Irish, Polish, or, you know, European. I don't know where. Mm. And I didn't fit anywhere. You know, yeah. I couldn't go either one. I, I could have joined the Latin, like the, the, the Latin lovers, I guess, you know, but like I said, it, was, it wasn't an option with my father. You know, I was more afraid of him. And I had three older brothers that probably he would have beat me up too. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, at least for me, the reason I didn't join a gang was I saw what happens to people. Uh, my uncle was part of a gang and he, you know, he, he got murdered essentially yeah. coming out of a bar. And it was gang related. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like I already had that lesson in front of me. I was like, I was not about to join a gang. So like, what are my options at this point? So like martial arts and avoidance, you know? Yeah. The, the person I started martial arts with, he got into drugs and started hanging out with those wrong guys. And I don't know what end he had, you know, so sad, but he went that route. So a lot of people that I grew up with, they're either dead or in jail or, you know, drugs. It just, you know. Not a good ending in that neighborhood. Yeah, you know, so that's that's not a good life. It's gonna it's gonna go in a bad direction. So, I found martial arts. I was twelve, and um, that kept me off the streets. That gave me some. Every day I would go because uh, after after school I would walk over to the to the martial arts school and I would take class there and then spend as much time as I could there before I came home and then I came home and maybe saw my friends and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, it kept me out of trouble. So you then know? you started at what age again? Twelve. Twelve. I mean, that's, what, that's when you started with uh, Taekwondo? Yeah, that's when I started Taekwondo. Uh, my friend, the guy I told you, he said we started martial arts together. He found a school. And uh, it was like probably a mile and a half away from our house. And we used to walk there. Mm. And I used to work at my uncle's restaurant on the weekend. So I had to ask my father permission. I couldn't just do what I wanted. So it's like that, you know, there's this martial arts school. I want to take class. I got the money. Can I take classes there? I, I, I walk there, you know. Make mm-hmm. sure he, <laughs> That's pretty I did, awesome. I did it all. It's like, and he, yeah. he, and I remember he's watching TV, and and you know, after a weekend, you know, Saturday Monday, and I couldn't wait to get home to talk to him. And uh, he's laying across on the couch and looking at TV, and he's looking at me peripherally through the corner of his eye. I'm standing on the on the doorway, and he's just, I'm, I'm, I'm selling him, you know. I'm, <laughs> you know, I got the money, so he doesn't have to pay for it. I have to take me. Uh-huh. Nothing. I just got to give me permission. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And uh, so he, he's looking at me. He kind of looks at me at the corner eye, looks at the TV. He doesn't say anything to me. Yeah. He just nods his head, yes. Oh. That was it. So as soon as he did that, I ran out the door and met my friend, and we walked over to, uh, to the martial <laughs> arts school. And we walked into the martial arts school, and he told us how much it was going to be uh-huh. and what we needed to do. And... You know, we came up with the money next time. You know, it was like bring your parents type of time. You know, those those times were different. Yeah, was, yeah. Bring your parents and you got to sign a contract. And it was like he saw money and he signed up, you know, <laughs> two kids. <laughs> so long as they pay, I'll take them. So wow. I paid them and I, he, my friend, I don't know where he got his money from. I don't know where I got my money. I had to work for it. Uh-huh. And then uh, I paid him and we started. I never stopped. You know? Wow. So it was like for six years on and off. On and off towards the end because I started working mm. at a different place. So I couldn't go consistently. And um, is that when you started working at the bakery? Yeah, the bakery took me. That was two to ten. 
two two in the afternoon to ten at night, so it takes your your whole social life away. And, and you know, in those days, there's not a lot of morning things activities. Nowadays, there's mm. a lot of stuff you can do in the morning, late at night. I mean, there's gyms that are open twenty four hours now. But yeah. back in those days, you just your window. Yeah. Even the TV back in those days, after two o'clock in the morning, there was no more channels. The TV would just <laughs> shut down. You're like, oh man, what do I do now? Yeah. There's no streaming or none of that. None of that. It was yeah. terrible. And uh, it was just, you get there and if you're, if you have cable, then you have a couple more channels. Yeah. But if regular TV was shut down at two in the morning. Wow. You know, and it was like, okay, so there was nothing. I remember, I remember talking to you back then and you were like working also at the bakery while you were training at the Degerberg Academy yeah. and teaching at the Degerberg Academy. But you were you were doing like early mornings or something yeah. at the bakery? Yeah, seven, seven to three. Yeah. And I was in Addison, you know, not too far from here. Oh, North in Addison. I used to drive all the way to Addison and um, then used to drive back. So I, 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 they, they eventually gave, well, not gave me a promotion, but I saw an opportunity to switch to a different role. You know, mm -hmm. so the morning shift made uh, cookies, croissants, uh pound cakes and that kind of sweetness. Uh -huh. The shift I had before that was uh, two to 10 was all bread, uh -huh. sourdough bread and dinner rolls and a ton of bread, you know, so, and then the night shift at 11 to six in the morning was the pastry department. Uh -huh. My brother ran that, so he's the one that got me the job. Okay. So I used to work with him making pastries and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I did all three shifts. And then the one that I got worked for me was the morning shift so I can go to Daggerberg. Mm -hmm. So I would go to work, Get out, go home, eat, get my stuff, go to Dagwerg, and spend there, you know, till nine o'clock at night, huh. or whatever, you know. Every every day was my routine. Jesus know? Christ! And then, uh, things things were changing at the bakery in the sense they were automate, automating everything. Because mm -hmm. I look at it back, I look at it now. It was hard work, you know, working because you know you wouldn't think baking, but uh, you know, I would make like uh, six hundred pounds of dough, you know. I feel like a bathtub size of dough. It was like huge, huge wow. amounts. And I got this machinery running and I got to keep it running. So it was a lot of work. It was intense. You're sweating and it was just heavy lifting. And uh, so I was making, this is in 86. And I was 19, 18. I was making $10 an hour. Probably, yeah. That was good money back then. Yeah, it was. That was a lot of good money. and uh, Especially for a 19-year-old. Uh, and, <laughs> and I had no expenses, so I spent it all on myself. <laughs> my dad never asked me for anything. I'm glad. But, uh, yeah. but, I, but So $10 an hour. And then um, there was always overtime. That's time and a half. Yeah. And I used to work holidays double time. So making 20 bucks an hour like the, over, the, Ooh, over the holidays. So, you're rich. So I was like, wow, this is good, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, and... It was, it was, those were good times back then in that sense, but it was hard, hard work, heavy lifting. And not a lot of people took, can do the job I was doing at the time, mm. you know? So, yeah, so it, it, it was great. It was great having that experience. So then when did you get to the point where you could leave the bakery and well, then just start doing? So that's when they started doing the automation. Like all of a sudden they started getting all this machinery to do all the heavy lifting for you. And they started hiring people to do the job at $6 an hour. Wow. So were, $6 so an they hour. they were facing us out. Like, okay, all of a sudden uh -huh. you're like, well, we don't need to pay him so much money because it's not so hard anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they started just treating us a little differently. And then I, I was loving being at Degerberg, to, you know, just martial arts. My goodness. It was especially... Well, let's, let's talk about Deborah Academy. I came from a Taekwondo school where it was, it was uh, about 800 square feet, mm -hmm. you know, and they had no mats. It was just a rug. Wow. One punching bag in the corner, and they had no pads. 
everything was done in the air, traditionally, kicking in the air. And you were sparring, and you, all, you know, you needed a cup when you sparred, but there was no padding. There was no pads? No, not those days. And um, Wow. You guys were going burn knuckle. Well, you punched each other to the face, but you punched it to the body. But it was the Taekwondo because some 80%, 90% was kicking. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like these guys were boxers, which I know better now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but the kicking part, I mean, my Taekwondo instructor, I won't say his name, but uh, my Taekwondo instructor was very good. He was young. And he was like meeting Bruce Lee for me at the time because he uh-huh. can do all the spins, the jumps. It's like, wow, this is like... And he's Korean. You yeah. know, at the time, you're like Korean, Chinese. I don't know. couldn't tell, you know. Yeah. Latinos, you can't tell the difference, right? <laughs> yeah. Asian, same thing. So it's like, so I didn't know. I just thought, man, this guy must be Bruce Lee's cussing because he's really good. Yeah. So I was just like, I got to keep going. You know, this is, but this is where I got to spend my time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was really doing well. You know, I, I, they would put me with the adult classes instead mm. of the teen, the kids' classes, you know. And uh, having to go with adults and spar and couple guys beat me up never forget i still haven't forgotten really no, no. you haven't forgotten no. those yeah no no it was uh, two 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 guys that that got me i was like and i most of everybody i'm also i can defend myself yeah. I was, oh they were afraid of me but these two guys man they were adults they were bigger and they just were better and mm. i still never forget i don't forget the losses man yeah <laughs> i don't care what how long it's gone 1986 it was a tuesday night i got <laughs> at three o'clock I, yeah, yeah. I wish i can find them now <laughs> and uh, yeah so yeah that's that's the you know so then I go to Degaber academy and that place was twelve thousand square feet so yeah it was about 800 huge. square feet to 12,000 square feet. You're talking about one floor to two floors, one training room to four training rooms, a ring, I mean, matted floors, speed bags, double limb bags, weight room. It was like, whoa. I mean, you, I never seen anything like that. So yeah. just walking in, I was old, you know? And yeah. uh, so going there, and not only that, but then it was a university of martial arts because it had taekwondo, kickboxing, karate, savat, kali. Jeet Kune Do, I mean, you name it. Yeah. You and they were all very good at it. You no, know, yeah. it wasn't like oh, this, only the Jitsu group is good, or only they were all very good at it. So you want to learn how to box? Go with those guys, and they knew what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was. I was. I mean, I'm glad I went during that time because I I was able to, I was like a sponge. That's what I wanted to do for a living. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna do this for a living. <laughs> and everybody's like looking at me like, when are you gonna get a real job? Go 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 get a job. <laughs> and I've had like, a, lot, a lot of real jobs, but it was like. You know, what, when are you going to know? So anyway, so I I want to spend all my time there. And eventually, because things were getting tough at the bakery, the, the owner, Fred Degerberg, Grandmaster Fred Degerberg, offered me a position teaching there. Wow. You know, after winning a state title and my amateur state championship. So I was like. Is that for kickboxing or boxing? Kickboxing, you mm-hmm. know. So I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a big pay cut, you know. Yeah. And. But just the fact that I can be doing martial arts and getting the experiences that I got there is what I wanted to be doing. It was, yeah. I didn't care. I didn't care about the pay cut. I didn't care about, you know. So, like, one of the things that I got, I, I got to speak, because, like you said, uh, you kind of have to, like, earn your trust. You can't, you just mm-hmm. don't walk in and start mm-hmm. taking. So, like, when I signed up at Degerberg, yeah. they forced me into one of those blank intro. classes, right? Intro, intro class and then the blank class. Yes. I, you know, yeah, yeah, I did the intro class. Yeah. It was just, like, one class yeah. and they introduced you to stuff. But then, like, yeah, then you have to take a blank class. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I just saw Kickboxer. <laughs> I want to be John claude Van Damme. Give me nothing but kickboxing classes, <laughs> you know? And they're like, no, you're not doing that. And so they, they, uh, 
I can't remember how it went. I think, I think at first they made me take the blend class, but after a while they let me just take kickboxing classes. Yeah. And so I was taking Muay Thai and I was taking combat Taekwondo with yeah. you. Yeah. And I, I remember, <laughs> that's so stupid. But I remember coming in and it was like, I don't know, my second week there. And I was like, I, I want to fight. I want to fight. And I was telling you, and you're like, whatever, man, just, you know, cool your heels a little bit, you know, like, yeah. And uh, there was a little bit of like, like, you know, this guy, this guy doesn't know I'm for real. <laughs> and I was like, I want to fight, you know. And, teenager, man, I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you just, you just let me, you know, you let me be. And you didn't ignore me, but yeah. you didn't really pay attention yeah. to me, which was fine. Because, I mean, you know, two weeks in, you know, and I'm, I'm over here telling you I'm going to be a boxer or a kickboxer. And it took a while. <laughs> it did take a while to, to, to get your respect. And is that... But what is it that you, you well, need in a student? Oh, see, first of all, you know how many people came to me said they wanted to be fighters? Yeah. Or they wanted to do this and During that, that time? You know, oh, yeah. All wow. The time, you know, every time a movie came out, the class was full. <laughs> it was like, oh, good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> After the first sparring session, 80% are gone. Yes. Now, first time they get hit, it's like, ah, oh, I'm yeah. out of here. Like, yeah. You know, so I was like, you know, you kind of see the cycles. You know, every time there was a big kickboxing championship fight or something everybody wanted to be a fighter so here comes the group of people I was like cool you know i thought it was great you know yeah. but i knew also that you know once you get hit it's it's not for everybody yeah you know and so i had to see if people are serious or not you know i didn't want to get emotionally attached because as a trainer i get emotionally attached you know i i'm all in i'm, I'm in or i'm out mm -hmm. i'm not a halfway kind of person you know like oh i just kind of i either go all out on it and go for it or so same thing with training. Was I'm, I'm going to train you? I said, okay, this is this is the deal. Yeah. You know, once I know you're 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 capable of of doing it, then I'm going to lay out the the footprint for you. Like this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. This is how many times a day you need to train. This is the kind of you know holidays. I don't care if it's Mother's Day. You're going to be here training with me because I'm going to be here training with you too. You yeah. Know? And it was like I commit. Yeah. You know. And so I didn't want to necessarily you know like get excited when I see all these people coming in going, yeah. oh, I got ten more people to train. Uh -huh. I was like, once it starts sparring, you know. And again, when you first have to teach you how to some techniques first, I can't just put you in the ring and let's go. You know, unless unless you're somebody that's cocky and thinks you know something, and you then you got to humble them. Yeah. You got to kind of like break them down and and humble them and realize okay you don't know anything yeah you know so uh how how do you go through that process like let's say he has a little experience he comes yeah. in and he's like you know yeah i heard you're great yeah. i, I want to you know yeah. and he's a little bit of you know he needs well, to be humbled like I, how do you humble him i i see first okay let's see what you got is let's, let's see shadow boxing let's see you kick let's see you punch let's do some drills mm -hmm. and i can see by then whether you know what you're doing or not uh -huh. you know and then um if i can see that you know how to you have some skills, then I might put you in the sparring class a little early so you can actually, let's see, okay, mm -hmm. let's see if you're serious, you yeah. know, because a lot of, pl you know, places are different. At Dagerberg, my first, my first uh, class, my first kickboxing class, and it was called Combat Karate back then, mm. I got dropped. In your first class? First class, my first sparring class. I went in, probably like you, uh -huh. but I was more scared and nervous. Oh. I was more survival. Like, yeah. oh, shit, I got to go. I to go with this guy. And I come out and he puts me in with this other kid. And I, I, I had experience kicking, you know, and I was a good kicker. So I was kicking this kid around and knocking him around. So yeah. then the instructor comes in with me and I go, and, you know, okay. So I, 
you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So I'm moving around. He throws a kick and I kick him and I knock him down. And the whole class goes, ooh. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I embarrassed him. Now, now I know what I did. I, yeah. I didn't know at the time I was like, I just didn't want to get beat up. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, because of my Taekwondo background, I was dropping my hands all the time. And uh, he, he saw it and he waited for me to throw a kick. Next time he blocked, he stepped in, hit me with the punch. Boom, I was on the floor ooh. looking up going, oh. <laughs> so then I get up and it was like the round ended and it's like okay I was out and then it continued yeah you know so you know I, I it was like okay this is real yeah you know so that's how the class that's how the that, that's the how do you say um the way things were done mm-hmm. so it's like okay so when I took the class over I kept on that tradition it wasn't like I made it harder or easier it was yeah. like this is the way things are done so uh-huh. and I understood why at that point because like if I was serious which I was, I stayed, I came back. Yeah. And I fought six months later and I won. So I went right after it, you know, but other people would have left. Yeah. So it was like a way to like, if you want to do this, this is what it's like every single time. You yeah. Gotta be, so you're going to get better that way. You're going to learn to not drop. I, I, I learned not to drop my hand that day. You're like, oh, and then many other lessons I learned not, like you realize the hard way, you know, we learn three different ways. Somebody tells you, keep your hands up. Somebody actually grabs your hand, puts them up, said, don't move your hands from here. And somebody punches you in the face when you drop them, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes I have to learn the hard way, but I don't forget, you know. So when, yeah. he, when he hit me, I, my hands were up. And after that point, anybody hit me in the face and caught me, my hands stayed up. So I have to say, like, uh, I remember those days where, like, the class would get really popular. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was because of movies. It was just like, oh, Oscar's, like, he's got the best class or whatever. And people want to learn. So they come in and they yeah. flood the class. Yeah. And I remember one time yeah. in particular, yeah. it's like, oh, we have a lot of people here today. <laughs> All right, everybody, get your sparring gear on. And everybody, everybody sparred. Yeah. The next time we had, I, I, I yeah. swear to you, it had to be like 15 yeah. people. Yeah. The, the, the next time we had that class, it was just me and Nestor. It was just <laughs> me and Nestor and you, the instructor. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, where the hell did everybody go? Where did everybody go? It's we had a full class and now there's nobody here, you know? So that was probably after a, you know, I was popular and my class was popular for for also the fact that I was fighting at the time. Mm-hmm. And if we had a fight that weekend and the school came out and supported all the fighters. Well, everybody wanted to come to the class on th- on Thursday. So <laughs> that's what would happen. They would flood after the fights, you know. Yeah. They got all excited. They wanted to come and join. And it's like, all right, so let's see. Who-. And, and usually those are students that are training at Degaber already. So it was like, okay, it wasn't new people. It was like, let's let's find out who wants to be here next week. That's right. So we can stay so we can stay focused on our game plan because you want to fight, Nesta wanted to fight. I'm still fight. I'm fighting, you know. Yeah. And anybody that comes in wants to fight. So it was like, okay, let's let's see who who we get to stay and and it's just, it's, it was like that. It was just they would come and go once they got hit, and yeah, it's not for everybody. No. Even, even to this day, I train people. It's like for everybody. It's like you know, you're gonna get hit, and it doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't I don't feel like you know you're not disappointing me if you can't do it. You're mm-hmm. not like I'm not. It's like it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's like you tried. You know, I I tried things, and it's not for me. It's like okay, you know, I'm not. I um I agree. I don't know. I don't know if it if it's. If I would like to say that it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but I do agree that like you can only do it for so long, right? Yeah. You know? And but I think I think it would be it would be good for people to know how to fight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can't do it forever if you are doing it, if you're not good. Yeah. You know, if you're not good, you're gonna get hurt. And you're gonna get hurt early. So you have to learn to develop the skills that you need to survive in the ring and as a fighter. Mm-hmm. I've had uh I don't know, 
I don't know. I really don't know my record. You said it and stuff. Yeah. But I know I have more knockouts than you mentioned. You have <laughs> you have kickboxing uh, knockouts I, as well. I, I have a. You have a combined record of thirty one and three twenty six KOs, and yeah. those are the ones that I was able to find. Yeah. So you know, it's a uh, my 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 boxing career, my Thai boxing career, and my kickboxing career. I had three different careers that I that I that I'm combining there, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, so you, you can't be in it forever because, you know, you get hurt. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're suffering trauma to the body every single day. Mm-hmm. And your body recovers and becomes stronger and recovers and becomes stronger. And hopefully you're becoming smarter too, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. You know, they, they don't learn to keep their hands up. They don't learn to eat properly or rest properly or take care of their body. And, you know, because it, it needs to recover. And, and then, you know, people like to keep doing their, their partying and stuff and or you know, whatever, it makes it harder mm-hmm. for your body to recover and restore. And um, and sleep is such a big, important part of it, you know, that, you know, during the sleep is when you can re- restore your body, your brain, everything gets to to reset itself in a way. So people mm-hmm. don't, don't take sleep for granted and and food. I mean, there's so many things. So, and then talking about technique defense, you know, I mean, I you know, people always are surprised when I tell them this, but people think I like getting hit. Because mm. I was a professional fighter, I was like, I don't like getting hit. Yeah, I never did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it hurts. I like, I learned to block, to slip, to weave, to duck, to cover, so I don't get hit. You know, and it becomes fun then when you can defend yourself. You're blocking, you're covering, you're making punches miss. You can hit the other person. It becomes more fun, and you can do it. Yeah, for a long period of time. But when you're getting beat up every single time, you're gonna have a very short career. Even as a fighter, if you have that kind of fighting style. You're gonna have a very short career. Yeah, and um, I, well, that, was, that wasn't me. You know? Yeah, we saw people like that in the yeah. in the gym who yeah. who would eat punches for fun and yeah. too, too tough. They say, "I want to be. I can take it." I say, yeah. "Good. I'm glad you can take it, but you don't have to test your chin every single time you're here. You already yeah. know you can take it." You yeah, know? and uh, you know, great uh, a story I've heard about Muhammad Ali. You know, the first time he got dropped by Joe Frazier, mm. uh, Bert Sugar, uh, the, the historian, said, "You know, that was the best day and the worst day of his career." It's the best day because he knows he can take a punch. See, we don't know if you can take a punch until we get hit. Yeah. You know, and if we if we can get up, mm. you know. Uh, and then worst day, once you take a punch, you realize I can take a punch. Yeah. So you you're gonna susceptible to taking more punches because I know I have a chin. So sometimes that kind of doesn't allow you to train as hard anymore, or you don't keep your hands up as much, you know, because now you know you can take a punch. Yeah. So it's not, it's a double thing, you know, and I. Then I wanted to test my chin. <laughs> I mean, it was going to get tested regularly, yeah. so I wasn't going to. I wasn't one to like, you know, test it every single time I was out there. I was trying to move, weave, and I've been knocked out, so I know I know both ends of it. Yeah. So it, it's it's yeah, it's, it's not a it's not for everybody in that sense, and it, it should be for everybody because everybody should know how to defend themselves, uh, especially nowadays with all this violence. It's just nuts. Yeah, it is, and but yeah, like yeah that's one of the big takeaways that i learned from you is just like defense like like i don't have to block everything i can Mm -hmm. move and stuff and uh, i appreciate defense you know like i don't want to sit there and eat punches because i know what that looks like Mm -hmm. in long term yeah and and you've seen long term long term bad examples exactly because you know i've seen them i've seen them in my career when i went when i switched over to boxing there were guys that i I met that were still in the prime good you know, and then a couple of years later, they're already slurring their speeches and moving slower. Going, man, because the style they had, I was like, whoa, this is, you know, I don't, and I, you know, I know I said I don't want to end up that way. We don't, we don't know what our, they still don't know, like with football players, mm-hmm. why some people get, you know, brain damage and yeah, other people dementia. don't. Yeah, you know, 
but they know what causes it now and they know the proteins that form and create a blockage in the brain to lead to all these different diseases so mm-hmm. but they still don't know why you get hit in way this guy gets hit and only why you get it and not me yeah there, there's other things associated with yeah. it's just like the neck size mm-hmm. the strength of the yeah, neck etc yeah. the size of the head yeah. but also like the density mm-hmm. of the brain and how yeah. big the brain is yeah. like if if you have a bigger more dense brain yeah you're going to be more resilient to things like yeah. dementia and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're still you're yeah. still susceptible to yeah. it, but you're you're less likely to get uh, dementia. Yeah, you know. But no, so, so I, I I say from from what I you know I hear all these different studies and listen to all these different videos on on this what they cause is it, but still like like why one person smokes all his life never gets lung cancer and one person smokes for a little bit and mm. gets it. It's like. Yeah. So there's so many factors, you know, yeah. that, that go in. So um, with me, it's like, uh, you know, I still spar. Oh, you do? Wait. Oh, yeah. I'm not stopping. I'm oh, not, I, I, that was I'm, one of my I'm questions. I'm not getting beat up. I'm trying uh-huh. not to get beat up. You mm-hmm. know, it's... Uh, are you sparring hard or are you just kind of tip-tapping or just, kind of just playing tag? going with. It's like the old days. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> Some guys come up to me a little harder than that too. And, you know, I don't blame them because of who I am. Yeah, They're yeah. naturally going to come at me harder because they're nervous. They're like, oh, shit. You know, and if I've met people... That I started training them. They don't know who I am. They yeah. just found me and then I start training them. And then I start sparring with them because they want to spar. And I'm working with them like, you know, I'm like yeah. kind of like, and then they go watch one of my fights or some of my fights and they come next time and they're scared of me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't know. You. It's like, you know, so uh-huh. it depends on who I'm sparring with. Like uh-huh. I said, and like some of it is not, they're trying to go hard. You know, they're nervous. Yeah. And when you're nervous, you're going to go harder unintentionally. And yeah. when you're scared. You're not going to say you're scared, but you're scared. You know, you're going to go in. You're like, if I hit you with the first jab, you're like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. it's going to light you up. So I, you know, and then I try not to retaliate as a fighter and go back at them hard, but I'll give them enough of a hard shot to like back them off, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can, you know, I'm still training fighters. So I have to go hard with them. Yeah. I have to push them. I have to push them hard because it's like, hey, is this what you're going to face out there? Uh, I'm, they're not going to be nice to you, so oh. I'm not going to be nice to you. So I push them. That you know? is crazy. So you're still sparring yeah. hard. So how often, how hard do you go, and how often do you go uh, hard with someone? Do you, I, is I, it I like once go, a week or twice I a week? Twice a week, or or once a week. You know, depending on like right now is glove season, competition season with yeah. the Golden Gloves. Uh, so if I have anybody fighting, then obviously I'm going to be sparring with, getting them ready. And if I have nobody wow. to spar with them, I go in there, give them sparring. I give them different looks so they can get used to seeing different styles. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, I put on my headgear, I put on my gloves, and I try not to get hit. You wow. know, like I like before, it's no difference. Uh, but I keep myself in shape for that reason. Mm-hmm. I don't do it out of shape because if I do, that's that's when the problems start. I'm gonna take more hits. I'm gonna get tired. I'm gonna be able to move out of the way. My body's not in shape to withstand the impact, so I have to be in shape to do that. So I keep myself in shape. Um, so how long are you gonna, are you planning to do this kind of uh, so training Grand, for Grandmaster people? Grandmaster Dagobert told me this a uh, long time ago. He said, you know, Oscar, when you start to like to get hit, it's time to quit. Mm. You know? And he said, I had to stop because the reason he told me, I was like, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, there's certain endorphins that re- brain releases when you get hit and you start to get a high off of them. Yeah. You start to feel good. Yeah. Like, whoa, that was hit me again. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, I said, and I've, I've been in sparring sessions with people, a couple of people that I, 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 I particularly, after we go at each other hard, they come out the ring saying, man, that was great. Yeah. That was better than sex. <laughs> I'm going, 
No. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I don't like that much. <laughs> I don't get that. I was like, I, not there. No. But I guess that's what he means. I said, yeah. when you get to that point where you're getting that type of sensation, I, I get the high of it, though. Yeah. I mean, the the high of it is is um, you're in that ring and you're seeing punches coming. You have a, a, a an above average level of alertness, of mm. sensitivity of reaction mm-hmm. and timing that than the average person when you're in there yeah. avoiding punches or somebody's trying to hit you you're seeing things that that i i enjoy yes the, flow the state. ability to do that yeah um getting hit no you know i i i do get hit i don't enjoy it and uh, i'm trying not to but uh to be able to counter some high skill level like moves that you know you can counter somebody that in the beginning you're trying to make these things happen and to be able to do them at this level and still be able to, you know, set things up. It's, you know, it's, that's where I'm, where I'm at with it, you know? So you got professional fighters currently working with you or? No, I have no pros right now. No. no. Are, are you I, looking I've for? Had, mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not looking like putting out a, a, a call like, Hey, listen, uh, I'm not going to be recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, if they walk in the door and they want to train and I can help them with that. If they want to turn, I am training with amateur fighters. If I want to turn pro at one point, if they're ready, mm-hmm. then we go there, you know? So, but uh, no, I, right now, I'm, I'm not training with any pros. So if I'm an amateur, let's mm-hmm. not me, but mm-hmm. let's say somebody comes to yeah. you, they're an amateur, yeah. they've been working with you yeah. for a while. What, what does that amateur need to do to get to the point where he's ready for pro fights? Do you just, you. Well, first of all, his record, mm. he's got to have a winning record. No sense in turning pro if you're two and ten. It's <laughs> <laughs> not for you. <laughs> Do you tell a guy like that? Oh, yeah, it's I tell him. I mean, it's like it's not for you. It's not this. This of all sports that they that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a sport. This is you know martial arts. All martial arts, all, all sports. I say this is not something you don't want to be good at mm-hmm. and keep and keep doing it. Yeah. You can you can not be good at basketball. You cannot be good at baseball. Uh, you keep playing. You keep you know. People still like you know keep supporting the teams. Yeah, they haven't won in ten five ten ten. <laughs> they haven't won. They lost their last ten games. I'm going. People are still flocking to the stadiums though. Yeah. It's like they don't care. You yeah. know, it's more of a it's more of an event. That doesn't happen in professional fighting. Mm. Guys lost ten fights. <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah, who's that guy? I, nobody cares. You're more of an opponent at that point than actually a prospect. So this is not something you don't want to be good at. And if you can't develop a winning record as an amateur or show skills as an amateur to move for pro, then you're not, you know, there's no sense for you to pursue it because mm. it's only going to get tougher. We go from using 12 ounce gloves to 10 ounce gloves. We go from using headgear to no headgear. We go to longer rounds, you know, I mean, I mean, longer fights mm-hmm. instead of four, five, four, three rounds is four, five, four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve 12 rounds, you know, so it's, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get easier. Yeah. You know, and, so yeah, it's it's you don't have it, you don't have it. Wow. And so like let's say the person does have a winning record, yeah. but there's something there's a flaw yeah. in his routine or his personality. Do you address the personality well, issue yeah, or I the, address everything? I address you, their mm. their bad habits and mm. the good habits and their um yeah, I I am honest with them. That's the first thing I have to be. I have to be able to tell them, mm. you know, that hey, this, you can't be doing this, you can't do that and you can't do both. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't work. You can't be distracted. As a fighter, you need to be focused, and and I know firsthand what it takes because I've I've done it, you know, and I've had success, so I know what I ha- what the sacrifices that I had to do to succeed, you know. It wasn't so much about what I did; it's what I didn't do to mm. get me to where I'm at, you know, because what I did was crazy. 
you know, my training, my regiments, everything was just intense and always getting harder. But just as important as what I didn't do outside the ring that that kept me on track to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the sleeping, the eating right. Uh, the partying, the girls, the all this different stuff, distractions that, you mm-hmm. know, they come along. You know, it, it's just it, there's there's plenty of them. And uh, I stayed away from all that. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't, you know, like guys like, you know, I didn't get into it for for the money. I didn't get into it for the celebrity status or for the girls. Some guys, where everybody gets in for different reasons. Yeah. You know, I get into it for the titles. Mm. I wanted to be a world champion. I wanted to be different, different disciplinary world champion. I wanted to like, I wanted the titles, you know, Every, those are not the wins, but the titles. I wanted to escalate to a point where, where you achieve something like that, because that's, that's a big deal winning a title. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be a fighter, one thing to be a pro fighter. And that some people get into it to say, I'm a pro fighter. Yeah. for you other people want you know it's just like that's really their calling i'm a pro fighter that's- so then what was the mindset getting ready for a fight going into the ring are you thinking well i'm gonna try to win or are you thinking i'm winning this like what is the I, mindset I, I i went to every fight with the intention to win mm-hmm. because i trained to win yeah you know um it, it's what i put myself through what i what i've sustained myself from that got me to where i was at you know the the regimens that i that I would put myself through and the intensity that I put myself through. I wouldn't miss workouts. I wouldn't miss runs. I wouldn't, you know, I would constantly training and uh, I, I, would, I knew what it would take, you mm-hmm. know, and actually, you know, you have his book, Benny Orquides. I did a seminar with him very early on in 80, in 1990. That guy was so badass. And I, I met him when he was still fighting. He was on his retirement phase. I think mm-hmm. he had one more fight after I met him. And I, it's like watching again, the real life Bruce Lee now. I mean, this yeah. guy was, he was the real deal. I thought my instructor, my Taekwondo instructor was good. Uh, he was the real deal. Mm. Then he went all over the world, fought Benny the Jet, the first Jet, you know, Orkidas. He, he went all over the world and fought all the best champions in the world. And uh, he's well respected. And uh, I got a chance to meet him. And he said, he told me, it's like, you know, about, he said a lot of great things during that seminar. And one of them was like, you know, when you get up and you feel like, you don't want to train because it's too cold or too hot or you're tired. You got to think your opponent's right now running and training and, and working, you know, and, and you're falling behind. Yeah. So I took that mentality. It's like every time I said, when I felt like not going, I just visualized my opponent training right now, you know, because you get tired, you know, mm-hmm. you get tired of it, you know, and, um, but you have to do it. And uh, so I think that and I said, okay, I get up and I go. And then once you're doing it, it feels great, you know, and then you're thinking, I hope my opponent's thinking it's too cold to run outside or thinking it's <laughs> too hot or yeah. he's too tired today. You know, I hope yeah. so. Cause that's going to give me the edge. And I wasn't going to let that. I remember, know. I remember you telling me that yeah. too. I remember you telling me, just like, hey, if you don't train, yeah. your opponent's probably yeah. training while you're not training. And I, yeah. And it, that, that, that got in my head. Yeah. So like, I made sure I ran, I made yeah. sure I ate right yeah. when I was, well, at least when I was yeah. fighting, you know, yeah, yeah. no, you, and, that's, and that's at least me too. What at least try to eat right, at least what we what knowledge we had back then. Mm-hmm. My eating so much better now than it was back then. I wish I was eating the way I am now. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the knowledge that I have now when it comes to nutrition. And, and uh, so do you guide your fighters about nutrition, oh, yeah, or do you I, point I, them I, to somebody I, else? I share, I share everything mm-hmm. that I'm doing with them. And uh, once they're fighting, it's like this is what we got to do. The old school, which still works, the old school, what, what Grandmaster Fred Debert taught me was like, you know, you the fighter's diet. Nothing fried, baked, boiled, or broiled. Mm. Real simple. I remember that. You're going to have chicken, not fried chicken. Yeah. Baked, you know, in the oven, uh, broiled uh, or boiled in soup. And that's, that's you know, potatoes, anything you eat. Just And then 
you start to find out how much everything is fried, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, wow, you know, and you start to realize how little you can eat <laughs> unless you make it yourself. Yeah, I, I, share, I share all the nutrition, whatever knowledge I've always gained. I'm sharing it because, you know, I want to save you the time. You know, I, got, I have uh, 42 years of experience, right? Mm. Since I've been doing this. And I'm trying to save you all the headaches and time that I, and anytime I gain some new knowledge, I'm sharing it with my students because listen, this is, you know, well, try this. And mm -hmm. I try it first. I, I've never asked my students to do anything I haven't tried. Yeah. If I don't do it, I don't ask you to do it. And so I, I try it first. I do it first. And, um, and I, and I, if I feel that it's helping me, I was like, try this. So what made you walk away from being a pro boxer? I didn't walk away from it. Well, <laughs> you still gonna fight? I'm still making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> just, things got in the way. <laughs> uh, uh, with to fight Antoine Eccles, mm. and uh, he's the one that gave me my, my my you know gave me a second loss. Yeah, you know it's, it's a highlight reel for him. He knocked me out in the first round. Yeah, the first round. But you, I think you came out a little cold, or what was the what happened yeah, there? It was it was uh he caught me. He caught you. <laughs> He caught well, me around the chin. He read your, your shovel hook. Yeah. You threw a shovel hook. No, no. He, he set me up. He I, set I, you I up? I look at it okay. at the time I'm going, you know, I was a little tense, mm. big moment, a little tight. Uh, first round, you know, it was, he, I look at it now, I look back, he, was, he set me up. He, he threw the cross, I can slip it and counter, and he, he set me up, you know, and, uh. Uh, and I didn't see it. You know, at the time, and uh, yeah, he caught you with a left hook. Left hook, you could cut. I was hooking when he caught me, so he set me up. Yeah. You know, and uh, so yeah, I so I signed an eighteen, it's an eighteen month contract if I won the fight, because you know that was kind of the stipulation. Because the promoter that has the fight, for example, if 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 I have the champion, and you're gonna fight the champion, you know, you let's say you're gonna fight me, mm -hmm. then the, my promoter is gonna make you sign an agreement that if you win the fight. He's gonna kind of be in, you know, get control of you for eighteen months or, or promote your next six fights, whatever it is. Yeah, because he, he's really promoters. Their ultimate goal is to control the belt, mm -hmm. not the fighters. Oh, interesting. Because you know, whoever, whoever's champion, you know, they can go with them, and then when you fight that champion, that's how they get the belt. You know, if they keep things going, that's how Don King became so powerful. Uh -huh. He never relinquished. She walked in with Mike Tyson, left out with the winner. Yeah, you know, he didn't walk out with his fighter. He walked out with the winner. That's whoever nuts. It was. So I didn't was, know that. It was, it's, a, it's a thing, you know, like, because, you know, everybody wants to fight for championship belts. That's where the money's at. Yeah. TVs don't want to have boxing. They want to have championship boxing, mm -hmm. you know, which is why we have four different belts now, because there's only one belt. And now we have four, six, whatever it is, because, you know, ABC has championship boxing. Yeah. Now, what about NBC? We want championship fighting now. So they came <laughs> up with a new belt and yeah. then they started their organization, had a box off and... Then, then three came along. So people want to have championship fighting on TV. They don't want to have. Um, they don't want to have. They don't care about the fighter. The boxing itself to. is great, you yeah. know. But it's championship is really and and me as a fighter, I want to be. You know, I want to fight for a title. It's not like I want to just fight. Mm -hmm. So it's it's what drives us all, you know. Well, not all of us, but most of us. Uh -huh. You know, most of us that become champions do. We want to get a belt. We want yeah. to have something sitting on our shelf that we can see for the rest of our lives and nobody can take away. Yeah. Even if I suck. <laughs> He's like, oh, like, once upon a time. <laughs> once upon a time, I was really good. <laughs> you can say that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that's that's how that works. So, the promoter figured, I'll say, let me, try, let me protect my investment, the belt. Uh -huh. And since I lost the fight, I figured, okay, there's no... But regardless, I stuck with my promoter way beyond that point. Yeah. You know, and... and um. Well, like, where did you have the foresight to even think about? 
I've like, always done that. I have I'm, I'm, I'm my training right now. Uh-huh. My, I have books. I have like books like you of mm. January to December of all my training routines and stuff. Uh, how many rounds I sparred, how many miles I ran, how many uh-huh. sit-ups I did, uh-huh. what drills I did. I have all this stuff written. Some, you know. In, so you have this for everything you do. Yeah, I, uh, for my for my training. Yeah, I, I would keep it because you know at the end of my training, I would, at the end of my training for uh-huh. a fight, I want to go back and look at it. Like, did I train enough? Did okay. I do enough? Did I do enough sparring? Did I do enough running? Did I get enough miles in? Did I get enough sit-ups? I have it all and I can go back. And I can also look at it and, and see if I've been overtraining. Mm. You know, if I have my times, I have, I'm running five miles a day and I'm running, I'm at 40 minutes or, or under or over. And I can tell where my times are starting to get slower. So now I'm like at 45, I'm going, man, what's going on? Mm. You know, I'm not eating right. So you can kind of look at it and say, okay, you need, you need to eat less. You need to eat more. You need to get more sleep. You need to taper off a little bit. You're overtraining. And you, you do know? this by paper? You don't put it in a computer or anything? <laughs> well, I guess there was floppy disk back then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking back then. No, I did it all on paper. I like writing. Wow. And so you don't even do that now on a computer? No, I, I do that writing. Okay. I, I log stuff. And you yeah. log everything? And wow, that's amazing. I, I, I don't log everything. Like right now, my training regimen is pretty standard. You mm-hmm. know, like I know what I do. But when I was training for a fight, it was important that I have record of what I did. And did you... And again, like nobody told you to do this. You just came no, up with this. I, I must have uh, picked it up from somebody saying, you know, write down what you do and stuff. And I took it to, I always take things to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, I start like documenting everything. So I always took, you know, I always like, if you do 10, I'll do 20. You know, if like, if you do, you, if you log one thing, I'm going to log more, you know, because it's just like such, you know, if it's a great idea, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this. So then it became a routine. It, it becomes part of your routine mm-hmm. when you're training. So once I got released, I started training and then I had an injury I didn't realize I had and it kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point I my shot couldn't throw a jab anymore. And then I, when I went to see a specialist, he said, you have a torn labrum and a torn uh, long head of the bicep tendon. Uh-huh. It's uh, We can fix it, but it's going to take nine to 12 months for it to heal. Wow. So it's like, ugh, and you have to be in a sling for six weeks. And I'm uh, like, oh man, it's like, <laughs> not what you want to hear, you know, yeah. when you're trying to get back into it. So then that happened and, you know, a year later I started training again and it was just, things just got in the way from that point, mm. you know, something else got, something else came along. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I stopped and then I opened the school and then it was just, uh, you know, it was got this year, mm-hmm. you know, I started working, teaching more classes, so I needed to make money, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it wasn't like I, I, I retired. It wasn't like I was done. Mm-hmm. And I actually prefer that because, you know, I'm still training. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you retire from it and never touch another pair of gloves. I mean, yeah. I still love to train. I still I have to have a passion for it. Do you miss, do you I miss, miss fighting? Being, do you miss fighting? Do you miss being in yeah, the ring yeah, and I, winning I and hearing the crowd? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I started something I didn't finish. You know, I wanted to get a world title in boxing. That's really what, what gets me, you know? So I, I want to finish what I started in my mind. At least that's what I'm thinking. But, um, whether it happens or not, you know, I, you know, just. But so does that, is that, is there some way to like satisfy that? Would do, what would you take as a, as a, as a prize, a, consol- a consolation prize? Like, would it be enough for you to have some fighter that came with you and came up with you and he became a champ? No, would that, no, no, would no. That, that be? That, that'd be like having a kid and having him fulfill my dreams. Mm. You know, I don't, I didn't want to push that on my kids either. Like for them to, to follow in my footsteps and fulfill my dreams of, of, of like, you know, follow, you know, no, that, that's on me. 
so then it, this dream is never this this part of yeah, you is never going to be satisfied. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to live with it. You know, I've been living with it, and uh, you know, it, it's what it is. But it's and not. I'm sure I'm not the only fighter that has ever gone through this. You know, so. I, I'm sure. But like, I I hope you realize that your record, your your the the the, the fact that you've been inducted in the the Illinois Martial Arts Hall of Fame, the, as far as you went in boxing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, it's no, it's no, a fantastic it it, it was career. Great. It was great in the sense that I never got into it for boxing. I wanted to kickbox. That was my uh -huh. first dream. That was my and you did well in that. I did. I did. I achieved that. I lived my dream there. You know, yeah. I won two titles in two different weight divisions, and uh, I I could have I could have sailed off into the sunset and like retired from that point. Like I've done it. I lived it. You know. Yeah. But being who I am, I wanted to challenge myself further. You mm -hmm. know. So I offered me the tie box. I'm going, okay. Oh, wow. You know, they offered me to do Sanchao. I said, okay. You know, they offered me to box. Or that was my dream, actually. I wanted to box. I wanted to get into it. And I was like, I want to do this, you yeah. know. And uh, so I went I went after it. So it was, I could have really, you know, just be satisfied. My satisfaction could have been say, okay, you know what? I, I, I had a dream of being a world champion and I did it. And I, and I, I could be happy with that, you know, yeah. but. My, my mindset is I'm happy but not satisfied, uh, you know. So it's like, you know, if I'm doing something, I'm happy with it, but I'm not satisfied with it. I want to, like, do more, do better, or achieve more, whatever. So that was that was where I'm at with it. So, well, but, I, but I could I am happy with it. Okay. I'm not like, you know, some people can be happy and not satisfied. That's a terrible yeah. place to be. It's uh -huh. like, I... Some people are happy and satisfied. <laughs> like, that's also not a good place to be. <laughs> I, I, and I was taught this again. You know, Grandmaster Dave taught me a lot of lessons in life, you know, as a, as a martial art instructor. And he said that, you know, it's okay to be happy but not satisfied. So speaking of lessons, there are a few lessons that I learned from you that have carried me throughout my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're kickboxing lessons mm -hmm. or boxing lessons. The three of them. The three, the, the three of them was follow through. Mm -hmm. Tough moments are temporary mm -hmm. and always move forward. Like those are, there's others, yeah. but those are the three big ones that I think of. Those are the ones that stuck with you. Those are the ones yeah, that yeah, stuck yeah. with me. Yeah. I mean, the other ones pop in in the head yeah, every yeah, now yeah. and then, but like follow through came from uh, one time, cause I was so afraid of you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'm, it's not, the, it's not the first time that you hear that, yeah. but I was so afraid of you. And, uh, uh, there was moments where I wanted to throw a jab, yeah. but I was hesitant. Yeah, because you're gonna get countered. You're gonna get countered, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like you, you afterwards told me, yeah. "Look, you know, you, you're gonna sit there, you're gonna fake that jab, or yeah. you're gonna not. You gotta fire the jab, yeah. throw the jab, yeah. follow through. If you're gonna throw the jab, throw it. Yeah. If you're not gonna throw it, then don't throw it. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't stutter yeah. with the jab. Yeah. And hesitation. Uh, yeah, the hesitation, and that stuck with me because it's just like, okay, if I say I'm gonna do something. If I have this mindset, I'm going to do something, I'm going to throw it. And so that's that's one that stuck with me. The other one is tough moments are temporary. It's because yeah. there were moments where I was in the corner with you or whoever, and there were scary moments, but those moments don't last forever. Those those guys can't throw punches forever, no matter how good their gas tank is, Yeah. right? So that that was that helped me through a lot. Um, the, the idea that I say, hey, you know, I took punches from Oscar, you know, I can I can get through this, um, and then there was the always move forward. This is a very basic, I guess, idea or, or, or a strategy for boxing. Yeah. If you're moving forward, you're more likely to win, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to do it correctly. You can't just yeah, you can't just move forward. You can't just move forward, but you got There's ways to you know yeah. behind your punches, etc. But like those are those lessons got me through 
so much and um it 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 means it means so much to me to have you here and, and I, i'm sure i don't i'm i don't i'm i'm sure i don't matter as much to you <laughs> as you matter you. to me but the these lessons and all the other ones that you have imparted the well, time well, you spent well. with me they were they were huge for me and uh it changed my life man i told this to uh to uh um leonard and i don't want to get too sentimental because you know i'm a grown man i'm ready to cry here but um you you changed my life man thank you and uh no no thank you you changed my life and those years that i spent with you training and fighting uh uh the other thing that i learned too was um because you watch these movies right and my dad traditional mexican dude mm-hmm. you know he uh you know he walked around and he thought being cool or being tough was being serious yeah you know, you had a crazy sense of humor yeah. and you always kept us laughing and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, wait a minute, I can be, I can be silly and a tough guy, you know, like, so like there was so much from your example that I learned yeah. uh, and that how I conduct myself, I conduct myself differently than I conducted, than my father conducted himself in front of my kids, you know? So like. Yeah. Well, uh, good, good. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my, my, my experience too. Yeah. You know, we, we, we changed the cycle. My dad was a provider and a hard worker. Same here. You know, and he was a macho man. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't show no expression. Uh, he uh, he he never came to him. I mean, he had no interest in what I was doing outside of you working. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's <laughs> like you're not working. Not even school. School wasn't so much important in our family. Mm. You know, I. Uh, it was more about working. We came to this country and for opportunities, and we came to work. So we all started working at an early age. My brothers were working. You know, young age on the fields, picking cotton, picking water. As soon as I can join them, I was, I joined them at 10 years old. I mean, in the summertime when I would go in and with them and, and do that. And then uh, I came to Chicago, my uncle had a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It was like, cool, help you get, get my job, get like right off the bat, like clean dishes. I was, I was, whatever it was, you know, throw the garbage out. I'm working on the weekends, you know, it, it yeah. was just work. And my dad didn't have any education uh, or very little F. So it wasn't an important but my dad was a very hard worker, so you know, so that's what he instilled in us, you know, mm. to work hard. And you know, we were working, you know, we mean my brothers and I were working all our lives. Yeah. Because we were very young and we haven't stopped. So yeah, my dad was the very same way. And uh and I wanted to break that cycle with my kids. Mm. You know, I didn't want to be that example. No, not that my dad was a you bad example. Just I wanted to show more compassion, more support, be there for them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, you gotta be tough. You know, some of that toughness is what made me. Yeah. Some of that coldness, you know, that you want you wanted your parents' approval. So you're trying to get it by doing something with yourself, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to get to where my dad wanted to come to my fights and eventually he did. Nice. He eventually became my biggest promoter. Oh, really? When he came to boxing. Yeah. He became my biggest promoter. Everywhere I go, oh, that's your son, the boxer. I'm like, and my dad was so but when I was kickboxing, not so much. Really? Yeah, even when I won world title, he was just eh. yeah. <laughs> but when I started boxing, he was yeah. uh, everywhere I go, it's like, yeah. oh, that's your son, the boxer. I've been yeah, hearing like, about him. Was like, oh, mira, me who's on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time, you know. So it became my but um, so I wanted to, but you know, again, that part of that drove me mm-hmm. to try to get some of his attention, possibly, you know. Yeah. So it's it's not a bad thing. There's always two sides to it, you know. Yeah, you know, so but I definitely wanted to. To be uh, a little more playful. I mean, it's, this is hard work. It is. This is painful work. And uh, you got to have fun. If you're not having fun, 
you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not having fun. You're gonna so you know, anytime you can crack a joke, anytime you can create a smile and have and release and have fun and enjoy, you know, instead of being all serious all the time, because in the ring is serious. Oh yeah, you know. So yeah, it's it's a it should be there should be a balance, you mm-hmm. know, and that's that's really what I I brought to the table and. And thank you for those words, uh, those kind words. If I change your mind, it was if I change your life in some way. Really, it was the martial arts. You mm-hmm. know, my my training that I've learned in martial arts, my passion. I'm passing it on to you, and you got some of the great benefits that I got through it. Yeah, because I was the same. I, I it's changed my life completely. You know, uh, yeah. few things have changed my life, the course of my life. One was obviously coming to America. My dad bringing us here. Martial arts. My wife. Uh, yeah, You're, she's. I, I've I've met your wife. She was wonderful. And my kids. And your kids. You know, still hurts. Yeah, but uh, I know, man. If it uh, those things have changed my life, and if I can use them to change somebody else's life, it's it's great because you have a passion for it and you enjoyed it, and yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I still love it. You know, yeah, I can't get enough of it. Yeah, no, I mean the. The, the the lessons I've learned from you that I've carried with me my whole life and uh I I I impart those to my kids and I hope that one day when my kids grow up that they they remember me and <laughs> I mean, fucking, I'm sorry I, I, I'm not gonna swear two grown men here crying. <laughs> I did one point on my phone. I was gonna cry at one point. <laughs> oh, dude, it's just uh... <laughs> see, we can cry as men. Yeah, men do cry. My dad, I don't know if my dad ever cried in front of me. Yeah, I don't think my dad ever cried either. <laughs> you know, but like, uh, but like the lessons that you've you've passed on to me and these lessons lessons about being tough, I share with my son. You know, and I don't and. Uh, you know, I, I see my son. I see him because he's watching me. Yeah, He's watching me. And I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or what, but uh, I started I started this silly routine now, right? Just, I, I've been only at it for a couple of weeks, but take cold showers, boost my testosterone as, as the talk is right now. And then afterwards, I'll come down here and throw the weights around. Just started. Uh, my son now says he has a morning routine. Wow. And so he's do he's got he says he's gonna be doing ten push ups and ten ten sit ups and ten this and ten that. Wow. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's only eight, it's right? It's, but like the example you're setting. Wow. Exactly. And, and I, that was not my intention. But like that stuff um is important. And the way you carry yourself is very important. And you always carried yourself with such with so much humor and at the same time. Everybody knew not to mess with that guy. Dude, I remember, okay, so I don't know if you remember this story, but there used to be this badass kickboxer in the gym. And he would he would always show up with his little tie shorts and he would kick the bag and everybody would look at him and be like, wow, look at that guy. Oh, you know, oh, he can really kick the bag. Oh, he looks tough, right? And you see him, like, I've seen him spar with you a couple of times here and there, right? And then uh, one day, the dude just disappeared. And I'm like, hey man, I asked one of the guys, I'm like, hey, whatever happened to the to that tough like Muay Thai, that little Muay Thai guy that was here? He's like, oh yeah, he sparred with Oscar. I'm like, uh oh. What, what what did Oscar do? Oh, he, he threw a spinning sidekick, caught him in the chest, and dude collapsed his lung. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> 
And uh, there was another. There was another story. <laughs> I didn't know. There's a few of these like like <laughs> ring like where you like kick the crap out of people, but like I'm not laughing at the fact that I kicked them. I'm just laughing at the sick. Like just thinking back, yeah. those days are just uh, they were wild. They're wild because if it, was, if it wasn't me, I would have been one on the floor with a collapsed lung or something. Like out. Well, I mean, back then you were a savage. Yeah. You, yeah, were, you were. You were. You were. You were the king of 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 the hill, man. I, I, it was it wasn't it wasn't it was what I needed to become to achieve the things that I wanted to achieve. It, mm. it was more of that, you know. And uh, I knew I had to become a different. I'm, I'm by nature a nice person, a nice, caring, just you know, easygoing, mm-hmm. non-confrontational. So I had to become somebody else to become that person I want to become. And I wasn't yeah. going to do it by being nice. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it by being caring. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is care for my opponents and stuff. And uh, so my mindset had to change and my training and the training made me that way. You know, I've trained so hard. It was just the stuff, torture myself through training to, to become better. So yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a different person. Yeah. I, I didn't want to like uh, disrespect you or anything yeah. or, or bla- or, or just pass over. Uh, you mentioning your wife yeah. and I don't want to hang on there if you don't want to, but you know, just for our, our listeners, your wife passed away not too long ago, four months. And it's, I, it's still fresh for you. And oh, I, I yeah. understand that. And I don't, if, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. No, I, 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 but like, what did she, what did she think about the fighting? She thought it was nice. <laughs> That's about it. That's really? Nice. Yeah. She she wasn't like I don't want you doing it. You scared uh, no, me. No, she, she knew she couldn't stop me. I yeah. mean, she made me fighting. She knew my passion. Yeah. She wasn't gonna stop me. Uh, she, if anything, she supported me to make sure that I was a better version of myself. Uh, when it came to eating and stuff, she would try to help me in that sense. But when I make up my mind to do something, I'm stubborn and I'm gonna do it. So. Mm. You know, I was going to, I was, this is what I wanted to do. And she knew how important it was to me too. So it was, yeah, she, she, but she, she wasn't uh, like a fan of mine. Like, like you are, like you're saying, you're bringing back stories and yeah. stuff and we're talking and She's stuff. She's not or, a fan of yours? No, she was a fan of me as a person, uh, but not my, the fighter Oscar problem. No? No, I mean, you know, she would have never tell people that I was a fighter. She wouldn't tell people that I, I was world champion. Uh, she would have my, my husband, you know, this boxing kind of, she just always downplayed it. Like, really? Dude, you know, it was just her personality. I don't know, but she there, never. There must have been a part of her that was like, "Oh yeah, that's hot." I'm sure there was. You know, yeah. I'm sure there was. Uh, but it wasn't like said she. You know, she was a social worker. Uh huh. She was a healer. She was a person that helps and nurtures. And uh, kind of fighting is on the other end of everything she does. <laughs> so, so she kind of hit it for people. Not not hit it, but just didn't like really elaborate on it. Uh-huh. Like you know, like you might tell people, you know, oh, Oscar uh-huh. Bravo, he's done this, he's done that. Like, yeah. oh, what? Okay, this guy, you know. So, she, you know, people met me that she knew that they, they, didn't, you know, they didn't know a whole lot about my career. She yeah. wouldn't really put it out there. Yeah. So uh, it was like uh, I would watch fights at the house, and she wasn't really interested in watching fights with me. Really? No, no. She unless I was fighting. Uh huh. You know, it wasn't like people over the house for a fight. You know, she was more there for the company and hosting, not for the oh fights on. You know, yeah, yeah. You were not. We're sitting watching the screen. We're in front row. Yeah. She was not like you know that wasn't her. You know, and even though she's always boxed and trained with me, mm-hmm. and she was pretty good. You know, it's oh just, really? Yeah, That's awesome. It's just that she never really like fighting. No, that wasn't. It's not in her nature to be confrontational, to be, you know. So yeah, it was. It was interesting. We had a good chemistry, good relationship in that sense that we, we balanced each other. Mm. And I think back, I said, I can imagine if she was like me, we probably wouldn't get along. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I can't have anybody like me be, I'm so competitive, you know, and if she was anything like that, you know, she, she'd be competing against me and it wouldn't be good. It was like, so it was a good balance. Mm. And, uh, you know, I could go certain circles. I'm a big deal. You know, other circles I go, it's like, I'm a nobody. So it's, I get it, you know, it's yeah. the way it is in life. And, uh, I could be, you know, I come from the gym, Oscar Bravo, this and that. I, I, you know, come home from being inducted into the martial arts hall of fame. I'm home. Hey dad, throw out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go. go get some. <laughs> I, hey, hey, I, I got inducted into the, uh, the, I, I the martial arts hall of fame. <laughs> I don't do that no more. No, you're like a regular guy. Go, the, the sink broke, fix it. <laughs> okay, let me fix it. Let me get my tools. Yeah. It yeah. was just dad, you know, it was just husband and stuff, but it was cool. It mm-hmm. was, um, uh, like I said, I didn't get into it for for all those other things that some people get into it for. I got into it uh, for for the world titles and for the achievement. Um, you know, the, the being inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame was a bonus. Was like I don't, I, I, that was not on my goal. Like, yeah. oh, I, I want to achieve that. Yeah. In 2019, I got inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame as well. Into the Illinois Boxing Oh, Hall really? Uh, That's not, fantastic. It, it didn't. I mean, it was right before the pandemic. Uh-huh. It was right as the pandemic. I got the news probably February and pandemics. Oh no, January and the pandemic starts. Mm-hmm. And the the event would have been in the in May or something or April, and then of course pandemic hits and everything stops. Oh. So I got inducted into both the martial arts and the Boxing Hall of Fame now. That's fantastic. So um, so yeah, so that those were. Not something I I, I, I like. Oh, I want to get inducted and this and that. My mm. goal was to win titles. Yeah, and this this is not a nice title. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I didn't know I didn't know it was going to be something I achieved. But here I am. I, I you know I got my 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 uh, inductions. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. So like, if a kid comes to you and he's like, "Hey, you know, I want to be a boxer. I want to be a fighter. I want to be this," and you see in him, he's like, "Like, can you see in a person and be like, this kid's got it." Um, it, it, there's got to be a certain look in his eye of determination and, mm. and want that I have to see. But even though you still have to see this discipline, the work ethic, the training, you know, that's got to still show. So I really can't just by talking to somebody, you know, say that. And, you know, especially nowadays, everybody talks a big talk. Everybody's such a self-promoter, you know, yeah. everybody with, with social media, they're all promoting themselves like to be the next best thing in the world and stuff. And the praise come too easy nowadays. Everybody's great. Everybody's awesome. It's like, oh, my days, that was okay. That was, You get an okay, if anything. You get a not. Uh, for that, that's just a not. Just like, eh, that's okay. You don't get it. Oh, you're fantastic. That's awesome, you know? So it's, so one of the funny things, speaking about the old days, like yeah. one of the funny things is like, I've I've trained with in other spots. Yeah. Like, and uh, we used to train really hard, or at least. Yeah, we did. But I never even thought about it as. Yeah. Until you go somewhere else. Until they go somebody yeah, else. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm just going my normal pace, yeah, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, man, you're being a douchebag." Yeah. And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. And it's just like you're hitting these guys too hard. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not. That's not even full yeah, power, yeah, but yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, you, you can't, you can't. And so, like in one situation, that's what made us as good as we were. I think so you know, because intensity. you, you got, you have to worry yeah, about yeah. the the actual yeah, threat yeah, of the yeah, power yeah. of the punch. Yeah, yeah. So like I went with this one guy, and uh, it, you know, he he stepped to me and he was like, "All right, you and me, we're gonna go." Yeah. He's the instructor. Yeah. So, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the instructor. I better, I better throw it on because this guy's gonna try to yeah. kick my butt, right? And so I go after him, and then like he didn't do much, yeah, you know. But then afterwards, he yelled at me some more. <laughs> too hard. And I'm like, you, you, you went too hard. And I'm like, dude, you're the instructor. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to kill me. Yeah, you you yeah, looked angry because yeah, yeah. you said I was going hard with the other guys. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm still not hitting you as hard as I can hit you. Yeah. You can't say that because he's really an insult. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't. But I was just like, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, like, this is how I went where I went before. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I didn't know. Is there something else you want me to do? Please tell me, you know. But I guess that's a long, long way around of yeah. saying, what is training like now? Yeah. Is it still like oh, the old days? Tra training it can't change if you want to be a champion okay it has to be the same so it, you, know? it, you haven't changed anything of the way you train like so like you're still training like we did at, at Deggerberg when I got guys fighting when they're 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 they, they want they're like well we're sparring mm -hmm. you know we're, we're like you know there's maintenance training mm -hmm. and then there's fighting training you know yeah. so when you're not training for a fight there's no need to go 80 percent 70 percent 90 percent you know uh 100 percent because there is no fight yeah but you know, we're, we're going about 50%, 60%, you know, we're going to each other. You know, what we're trying to do is work on your technique, work on your distance, work on your timing, work on the ability to counter, work on the ability to think under pressure. You're still trying to work those things. Mm -hmm. You're still like, you know, and you're trying to work a lot of rounds. Uh, when you're going 100% or you're going 90%, 80%, you know, you, you can only do about two, three rounds. And if you, if you get hit, you're going to, you know, you got, you know, you might get hurt. So, but that's the way it has to be for fighting because you have to toughen yourself. You know, you have to go to a place where you got to walk in that ring knowing that you're ready. Yeah. You know, and then that you did everything and you prepare yourself. And no matter how hard that guy hits me, I, I'm ready. Yeah. You know, and that's how you have to walk in. And you don't want to have that doubt. That Now, lately there is this, uh, not lately, but there's been some people that don't do a lot of sparring for their fighting. Mm. A new approach. Because you are suffering trauma. You know, but all the top fighters in the world, you know, they all go through this through this gauntlet of, you know, torture. Yeah. You know, it's part of it. It's no no easy way out. You know, I mean, I understand uh, what they're saying about saving the body, saving the trauma. But, you know, you can't prepare yourself for that hit if you don't get hit. Yeah. You know, you can't prepare yourself for that, you know, that moment where you go, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that hurt. You know, like all of a sudden it enters your mind and. You don't know what to do. It's yeah. like you got to be, it, it should hit you and go, all right, now it's on. It should turn you on and you just go after him. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's really what should happen. So there is there is that. But, you know, no, we I escalate the training for a lot harder, oh, wow. a lot harder sparring, you know. So uh, I'm more mindful about hurting people now mm -hmm. than I was back then. Okay. I'm, uh, you know. Um, you dropped a lot of people. <laughs> I, 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 I did. Yeah, I remember. I remember being yeah. dropped. I remember you seeing. I yeah. uh, seeing you drop people. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like uh, I remember to look out for that spinning yeah. sidekick yeah. and that shovel hook. Shovel hook. Uh, I love shovel hooks. Uh, I know you. Do. I love them too now. <laughs> and they're yeah, great. I thought they're awesome. <laughs> when you, somebody did it to me. I was like, I have to learn that. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah. Well, just, the people they just, they just crumble. <laughs> you know? Crumble. What did I do? You know? <laughs> no. I. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, days yeah for sure that's lots of rounds but like uh so like one thing i noticed i saw your fight with um i saw a, a few fights but one of the ones that i wanted to bring up was the juan carlos viloria mm -hmm. so that guy so that guy came out he came out you know kind of bullish but he was like tying up a lot mm -hmm. getting in your face kind of mm -hmm. smothering yeah. your punches but eventually you 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 caught him with the right yeah. hand and he started to fall apart yeah so once you see that guy Start falling apart. Yeah. So what happened there? Did did you need the coaches to yell at you and say, "Hey, he's hurt, he's hurt"? No. Or no, did I you knew. notice I, I it already? Knew. I already knew. You already knew. I, I have that sense when I hurt somebody. I've had it from you know. I I know how to sense it. You know, mm -hmm. and I just go after him. So here's the story with him. Um, you know, this is uh, 
I was one of those opponents. I mean, his record was like 20 and 20. I think he was a 500 <laughs> fighter, right? I mean, he had probably more losses than wins. Yeah. So I, they offered me this fight. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a stay busy kind of fight, you know, like there's nothing else. Let's just, I, I don't want to sit around. I want to fight. You know? uh-huh. So they offered me this fight. And it's not anything that I really wanted, but I know this guy brings something to the table. He brings experience. Yeah. I looked at his record and he fought heavyweights and middleweights. Interesting. You know, I'm going, okay, this guy's been around the block. He's fought all over the world. And I said, you know, fighting him, I mean, I should be able to beat him. Otherwise, I shouldn't be boxing. That's number one. Oh, wow. That's what you thought. Yeah. If I can't beat this guy, I shouldn't be boxing. I mean, that's, he's an opponent. He's a, almost at this point of his career, he's more of a professional opponent means that's, he comes to fight. If he sees that he can beat you, uh-huh. he'll beat you. He'll go after you. If yeah. he, you know, if you're one of these pretenders, you know. But if he sees that you have skills, then he'll be a survivor. Uh-huh. And he was just looking to survive, tying me up, grab me. And yeah. He was really slick. So, every every round, I tested him and I tried to time him. And he was awkward. So, in my mind, the only real victory there was for me to stop him. Because not a lot of people have stopped him. You know, a lot of people beat him. So, okay, beating him again is not a really like a, something I should be ha- excited about. But if I can stop him, that's going to be more of a feather in my cap. Like, all right, I stopped him. And that's, and that's what you were thinking before you even got into yeah, the this, fight. Yeah, this is all pre-training. Mm-hmm. Once I knew who I was fighting, well, I'm sure he looked at it in my record too. Like, okay, this guy can punch. I should, I should, I've got to try for his power and survive. Mm-hmm. I, he said, I, probably, I fought bigger punches, whatever. I fought heavyweights. He's not going to stop me, whatever. So I went in and tried to find my distance. And every every round I tested him and I caught him with a hard shot and it rocked him. And and he kept coming forward and going, this guy can take a shot. Yeah. So I I just tra- kept trying to find it. Only, it was only a four-round fight. So if you only have four rounds to do this, I have to figure out a way to get him out of there in four rounds. And then uh, he's such a good survivor. So I... I started to get a sense in the third round that I was getting to him. I was starting to land shots, cleaner shots. But also I had a sense that this guy is not the kind of guy you knock out, mm. you know, to the head. You know, because he can take such a good shot. He's one of these guys that he's probably getting high as I was hitting him. Oh, man. One he's of one shots, of those guys. Boom. Like, whoa. You're like, well, that felt good. You know, kind of yeah. like it might be. I, I don't want to say that. But yeah. He might have been like, you know, those endorphins are probably, you know, there's <laughs> flashing in his head every time he saw a star and he's like, oh, it, it kept him up, kept him going. So I, I spar with guys like that. So I, I, he might have been one of those guys. But um, I remember hurting him and I remember seeing the referee on the corner of my eye and I, and I got him good. I got him clean and I saw my, the mouthpiece out of his mouth and mm. hit him to the body. And I saw this guy still standing. I usually drop guys like that. And I said, I'll stay on him. And then when I got in the corner, I, I met some hard shots. And then uh, I saw the referee over the corner of my eye as I'm, as, as I'm hitting him. And I said, okay, the only way to get him out is to make the referee stop it. Okay. So I just got to keep hitting him until the referee steps in and stops the fight. Because you know, I already hit him with my best shot, my cleanest shot. And he's, he's, he's out on his feet. Yeah. He was basically out on his feet. He's not going down. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad because I probably could have hurt him. Like, I would have kept going after him till I would have dropped him, you know, but it wouldn't have been good. So the referee at that point stopped and stepped in and stopped there. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I got my stoppage. I got my, I got my KO. You know. So when you got him on the corner and you got him on the ropes yeah. or whatever, and you're and you're throwing the punches, yeah. what what is your what is your thinking there? Yeah. Are you throwing punches cautiously? Or are no, you no, throwing I'm going every- after him. I'm going after him. I, uh-huh. I already saw that I hurt him and I got him stumbling backwards. The the ropes are holding. I held him up and mm-hmm. I'm hitting him. And I see the referee in the corner of my eye, close. Like I can I can see he's ready to like step in. Uh-huh. I just, he just needs a little motivation. Uh, so I just kept hitting him and boom, boom, hit him with a couple more shots and 
Joey jumps in and pushes me away. Yeah. And at that point, I said, I got what I wanted, you know? And I, I said, I want I'd like to have knocked him down, like not got a knockout. But I got a stoppage. And, and then he stumbled to his corner, so funny. And, you know, afterwards, I see him in the venue with a beer in his hand, passes <laughs> me up, smiles at me, to- yeah. gives me a toast. Yeah. You know, I was just walking by. I smiled at him and just kept smiling, you know? It was yeah. like... Another day in the office for him. <laughs> Next. Next. You know? Wow. There's just a bunch of tough guys just walking around. Yeah, yeah it was just <laughs> surprised. He's just walking around and just having a good time now, enjoying a beer after his fight. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was my, my thinking. So, every fight that I, I, I fought, I approached in a specific way. You know, because obviously when I fought guys that were undefeated, mm-hmm. my, my, saying, my mindset was somebody's all must go. Like, you know, and, and it ain't going to be mine. Yeah. Mine is going to take his, I'm going to take his all away. I'm going to, I'm going to give him his first loss, you know? Mm. And I did that to a lot of fighters, to, to plenty of fighters, you know? So I wanted to do that. So that's my, my game plan. Or if a guy's been beat before, then I got to do it in a, in a better way than the last person did. You know, I can't do it in a lesser way. Uh-huh. It just doesn't say anything for you as a fighter. Uh-huh. You know, if you, if, if. If um if you're beating a beatable guy, you got to yeah, do it better than the last than the guy. The last did. guy, you know, it's yeah. got to be more more spectacular or shorter or sweeter, something that says, "Oh, he's got something," as opposed to just the, the same or worst. Yeah, you know that doesn't say much. And yeah, the win is one thing, but the way you win is also very important. So, and that's kind of why I developed the following, you know, because of the of the of the finishes, you know, the the way I would, you know, kind of. Where did you, know, you get that mindset? Like, where did you say? Okay, this is this is how I'm going to do things when it comes to fighting. I'm going to think about how to get how to get it better than the next, than the last guy. As it's just my personality. If you do ten push, I'm going to do ten. I want to do twenty. I'm just uh-huh. uh, if you're going to run five miles, I'm going to in ten in fifteen minutes. I'm going to do it in forty five. You know, it's just uh, I'm trying to always. If I do it in forty five, I'm going to do it in forty four next time. Uh-huh. I'm just that's how I am. I'm just trying to do it better next time. Uh-huh. Just just the same. I don't want to do it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, you, either I'm deteriorating as a human being, <laughs> getting worse, yeah. or I'm maintaining myself, you uh, know, and trying uh. to get better. So, I'm just trying to get better. I'm just trying to do better, do things better, you know. We uh. learn, from the, learn, learn from the lessons. I've done many mistakes, so I'm trying to learn from the mistakes and just make, do it better next time, you know. If anything, I've learned from the mistakes. Like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. Don't repeat mistakes and stuff. So, and if something works, then I keep pushing it, pushing the boundaries, you know. Mm. So what do you do with the fighter that's always making the same mistake over and over again? Well, you know, there's the approach. I talk to him, mm-hmm. right? Listen, you keep dropping in, you're going to keep getting hit, Yeah, you know? Uh, I show, uh, you know, I put his hand in position. Listen, block it like this. We drill it. And then I hold the from I smack him around with it. Like, listen, you're leaving yourself open. I'm going to keep hitting you as long as I keep, you know. No, mm-hmm. but, and it ain't just me doing uh-huh. this to you. Anybody yeah. you fight is going to see the same thing. I'll say, ah, I'm going to hit him there. It's not just me. And when I spar with him, I'll, I'll hit him there. You know, I'm going to keep hitting him until he blocks. And then, you know, I, I can hit him hard enough to drop him. So I might hit him hard enough to get to shake him up a little. Listen, I've been telling you, maybe maybe this will get your attention. You know, so. Uh, and if he doesn't get it, you know, it's it's like, you know, but at that point, usually things work themselves out. Yeah. He starts to get hit too much. It's like they're not enjoying it anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it's not for me. You know, it's. Yeah. Either he flakes out or he Or he, he gets learns. it or he learns. Something happens. You know, something's always gives. Mm-hmm. Something's the mentality always gives. The, the body always gives. Something always, you know, it's. Or I myself just not want to be like, I'm not going to hit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My I'm, hands are hurting. I'm, 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 I can't keep hitting you. I, I'm not going to spy with you anymore. I, it's not fun for me. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy hitting people. I don't mm. enjoy like, you know, I did it as a competition, competition you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not that I enjoy. And I said, I did it to, 
all those years of training that you saw me, you know, I did it to become a certain person, you know, and mm. I can turn it on. I can, I can say in a blink of an eye, I can turn into that person. Now I have that control. And Benny also taught us that during that seminar. It's like, you have to learn how to change the channel psychologically when you get in that ring. Can you know, you, you, it's like, you can't go in there in a good mood or in a happy mood or in a friendly mood. You can't go in there sad. You got to go in there as a fighter, as a warrior. So it's just a, a switch that goes off. And mm. then when you're done, you turn it off. You're like, I'm done. I go over there and check on the guy. Are you okay? You know, you help him up, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not like you're still like celebrating the win and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got him. And it's like, listen, the fight's over. Relax. Yeah. You know, it's people just get so crazy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a switch. So I, I fought for years to get it and I, I fought for years to control it. And now it's a matter of turning it on and off. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, people know when I'm in the ring with them and then I just kind of, I just have a certain look <laughs> that they know. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, oh, okay. Oh, dude. Get, getting <laughs> ready, getting ready to jump in the ring with you back in those days yeah. or just sparring in general. Yeah. Like I, you, you'd say, okay, it's time to spar. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. And then like my stomach would tighten up uh, and I start wrapping my hands <laughs> and I'd, I'd wrap them so slowly. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe the building or the lights, the power will go off. Yeah, I was maybe, just like, uh, maybe Oscar get a call, he's gotta go home. <laughs> I was just sitting there wrapping and putting on my boots, as, you know, my, my, yeah, my kicking boots. boots as slow as possible. And it wasn't like, it was just one of those things. It's like, I have to do this. I have to do this. I can't, I can't, I gotta be here. I gotta be in there. I want to be in there. I want to. I want to be good at fighting, and I knew that there was no other place I could be. I had to be here, yeah. but it 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 was hard, man. Yeah. It was hard, and I would get in there, and I would remember seeing you across the way, and you would say whatever to yeah. me or whatever, like getting ready, or you would give me a, a few more tips, or I sit there just waiting for that the <laughs> bell to ring, and my stomach is just nuts, and then the bell the bell rings, and all that goes away. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, boom, disappears and you're yeah. just in there. I, and I've gone through the same thing. Mm. I mean, I can't say that I, I like, I'm not special. And I mean, I'd be, I'd be crazy if I didn't. Yeah. Even Mike Tyson was scared walking into the ring. You hear some of his documents going like, the meanest, the, the baddest man in the earth. I was scared. I was yeah. like, what? Mike Tyson. So yeah, it's normal. Fear is it's a normal, it's, it's what you do with it. You know, mm. it's, it's anger. It's what you do with it. You know, I, I've learned to control it and not show it. But yeah, I, I felt the butterflies just like you and, you know, when I went to a Windy City boxing gym, I was the new kid on the block there. I was already won, fought a world title and won, and mm -hmm. I was and I was pursuing my professional career. I remember walking in, and there was a line of guys just waiting for me. It was like the jungle, and I just I was just food. Yeah, you know, and and I and I like it was just walk in and met talk to Sam. Oh, go change over there, get your stuff. And I was you, you know. I came in, put my stuff, and I'm looking around. I was nervous, and I was seeing the butterflies, you know, but. I'm rapping. I'm getting ready. You know, I'm not doing it slowly. I'm just like, this is my routine. It's what I got to do, you know? No, no. I was a big chicken. I was yeah. doing it real slow. <laughs> no, no it was, for me, it wasn't prolonged. It was like, yeah. I don't like to prolong it. You yeah. know, it's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And uh, I would get ready. And then I remember my first day there, they were all lining up. They heard this kickboxer was coming in. Mm. And they were all just salivating. They were ready, show, ready for you. Because most kickboxers dropped their hands. So like, mm -hmm. oh, we're going to crack this guy when he, you know, we're boxing. Because I'm walking into their world. Yeah. You know, it was, and that was my challenge there. I walk into your world and beat you at it. Not, not say, oh, if we were kickboxing, I beat you. I, like, I don't want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. How many guys say, oh, if we're doing jujitsu, I beat you. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to beat you at your game. I yeah. remember Benny Eurekinus used to say that. Like that's that. who I got it from. You know, yeah. like, I'm going to, and the, and the, the and mentality at Degerberg was, at Degerberg Academy was like, if a guy's a puncher, don't, don't box with a boxer, don't kick with a kicker, mm -hmm. don't grapple with a grappler. 
Don't do Kali with a Kali, Kali, you know, with a screamador. I mean, just you don't. You yeah. know, that's what they're good at. If you know how to do something else, do something else. And and I've always done that in my career successfully. But now I was going through a boxing gym, thinking, okay, now I'm gonna beat you at your game. That's my mindset going in there. Like I gotta, I gotta be, you know, gotta be in here with these guys and hold my own against them. So I went in and and Sam puts me in with some. There was two rings, so I puts me in one guy, and then we go at, you know, it escalates really quickly. Yeah, you know, because. I'm like, you know, it's um, it's it's like the king of the jungle. Like, who's better? Yeah. And this is my house. And I'm entering your house. You're not going to let somebody come out, some outsider come in and take over. Yeah. That's totally not not going to happen. So, yeah, they, they came after me. And I found my own and put me with somebody else. He came after me harder. So, it escalated even more. And I, I dropped him. Boom. I nice. The guy and, like, looking at me. And I'm like, <laughs> And then all the guys just kind of stop, like, oh shit. You're like, and then uh, and then <laughs> and then that puts me in with somebody else. He comes up to heart too, and he felt my power. So it was like at that moment too, I was realizing too, I belong here. Yeah. You know, just, I'm here, you know. It's like so all of a sudden afterwards, like, oh, you're pretty good, man. You're pretty good for a kickboxer. <laughs> we all became friendly, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we all became good, great friends at the end because we would beat each other every single time we were yeah. there, you know. It, it never got easier, you know. It's first thing you walk in the gym, you look who's there, and you're like, Oh, he's here. Oh. Butterfly start. Oh. You know, so great. And uh, not great as you're going through it, but yeah. great looking back at it now. Like yeah. you're going through that, you know, sensations. And then uh, you go in and sure enough, you know, it puts you in and you're going at each other, you know, and you're, you're going to get dropped or you're going to drop somebody. Yeah. And uh, I, I dropped many guys there too, you know, just uh, because they were coming after me yeah. uh, hard and I had to. Well, I mean, I guess I guess part of it too is, is it's a little hazing, right? Yeah. Like this is a little hazing that, that happens in pretty much any gym. Yeah. But it's also like they, you know, you're coming in, you're a new factor yeah, in the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. They want to, you got to fit someplace, yeah, right? Yeah. And and unfortunately or fortunately, yeah. this is how it's done. It's this, done. It's, it, this is how it's done. It, yeah. it has to be done this way. There's no like preferential treatment. It's like mm-hmm. you want a spot here. There you go. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. earn it. Yeah. Go earn it. And, and then and you're you're you kind of find your place. It sounds like. You find your place yeah. in the totem pole, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, oh, yeah, you're either start, third or first or and, 10 or whatever. And, and, and my goal was, you know, like any gym, you know, to be the best at that gym or to be the best at that place or to be whatever, you know? So I was mm. just escalating my way through people, you know, let me go to the next guy. Let me see. And then they all, you know, they all knew who I was, number one. Mm. And, and they, you know, and it was great sparring sessions with, with all of them and, uh, some of them never sparred with me again. Some of them did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them talk, you know. Yeah, well, there's always like, going to be that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. so that's the way it is. Yeah, there's always going to be people talking. They do, they do. Yeah. They, they just, it, it, is, it, was, it is what it is. They were just start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they couldn't wait to shut them up. Yeah. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about the sport. You can actually shut them up if you had in the ring with them. Yeah. You know? And if they don't, if they don't jump in the ring with yeah. you, they have no room to talk. Yeah, exactly. But they, they still do. Yeah, they still. Do. Yeah, they, they they that won't stop them. Yeah. They are who they are because yeah, of you yeah. know, for whatever reason. So we can go a little longer if you'd like, or we can just keep chatting. Or so, like I do have um, a couple questions. So, uh, which one do you like most, boxing or kickboxing? Do you like it all? You know, when I was boxing, I missed kickboxing—the ability to do all these different things. Mm-hmm. But I don't miss the foot injuries. They go with kickboxing. Mm. The leg injuries. The knee injuries, you know, you get kicked, you get, oh man, all the time. How many, how many miles did I run with a broken toe or a, a bruised foot? And I have to get my running in. I'm howling on the street like a nut. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, that doesn't happen in boxing. Mm. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. And, and think about it, you know, when I boxed, when we boxed, we put wraps on our hands. 
we tape our hands. We mm. put on these nice leather gloves. Yeah. We're kickboxing. We didn't do anything that left for our feet. Yeah. Our feet were bare. We put on the shin guard and then we put on the, the cheap foam kicking boot. <laughs> it was like, we didn't have the kind of protection for our feet and the feet are just as fragile or more. And it was like, what were we thinking? We should have been wrapping, taping our foot. We should have been getting better quality kick. Now there is. Yeah. The stuff that we have now for tie boxing, kickboxing, the stuff is great. Back in those days, it was, it was, it was crap. It was really bad. Uh, and so the foot injury is constant. So, you know, I, what, yeah, I always miss when I'm doing something that I miss the other. But obviously, I have the ability to, be, to be able to use all my skills. When I was in those Bangkok brawls, punch, kick, throw, knee, elbows. I mean, that was, that was crazy, you know? So, and that's where you can really shine, especially, you know, somebody like myself that has been training at Dagobah Academy, learning all these different skills. I can use them all. I can use survive. I can use kickboxing. I can use tie boxing, capoeira. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, you know, it was just great. Do you uh, wish you, you would have done some MMA at, at some point? Or? Well, my, my goal... Again, I'm always thinking more, right? My goal was, my stop was, at the time, MMA wasn't as big. It was no money in it. But we understand there's not a lot of money still in it, only for the, for the top guys, yeah. you know, unless there's bonuses and stuff. So I said, boxing is an established sport. I'm going to go box and then I'm going to go type, I'm going to do MMA next. And, the, and then the, the careers in boxing end usually by the time you're 30, 35. And that's when I turned pro, which is crazy. So I turned pro in 27 in kickboxing. So by 30, I had my first professional fight. And usually it's, well, you know, let me see if I can get five years out of my career, see how far I can get, if I can get my world title a shot at it. Then I, could, I can go into MMA, you know? I can do that next. And that was my goal. That was my path. Mm. And uh, if, if things were like they are now, I would probably not MMA because money and the, and the you know, recognition and, you know, there's the sponsorships. There's more opportunities there. But back then, it wasn't like that. Talking about 2005, 2000. Well, MMA fighters still don't get paid very well. No, they don't. And yeah. people think, uh, you know, that there's a lot of money there and, and there's there's not. No. You know, especially for the risk. Yeah. You know. There's a lot of visibility. Yeah. I mean, you. you Great visibility. Yeah. But. And sponsorships. And sponsorships. You know, but, yeah. But not not a lot of money from the actual promotions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess Bellator does a little better for their fighters. Yeah. But. Or, or uh, one championship, one FC. Oh, they one FC. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those guys are getting bonuses all the time. Big bonuses. Yeah. I mean, they're. They're doing something right over there for the fighters to want to fight for them. Uh, they're putting on great cards. Well, there is talk about the Ali Act being mm-hmm. uh, pulled in for MMA. So yeah. they're going to put MMA or it's yeah, in yeah. the works, yeah. but MMA is, might be included in that yeah. eventually. So hopefully the fighters get be- better pay. Better pay, health benefits. I mean, that stuff's never going to happen. We're independent contractors yeah. entering this event as, as, our, as individuals. We got to provide ourselves with everything. Yeah. You know, it's not like the NFL or stuff like that or other major sports that have so much. You know, we really uh, are providing ourselves. You know, we're entering this at our own. It's enter at your own risk type yeah. of thing, you know. And, and then, like, what is what what is there for the fighters after that? Yeah. You know, especially when there's when we're talking about dementia and head trauma yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Like, these fighters need to be taken care of for, yeah. for all the time they spent fighting. Well, yes and no. I mean, we have to take responsibility as fighters, take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there is those people that don't know how to take care of themselves that need some help and not being taken advantage of. So this sport takes advantage of a lot of people. They need to stop taking advantage of them, if anything. But we enter this sport knowing what we're getting into. Yeah. I knew that I was head trauma involved. There's possibilities of, of death. Mm-hmm. You know, I enter that ring every time I think I can die. Yeah. I can end up with a, a serious brain injury. And I've had a, a good friend of mine had that happen where she had a blood in a brain breed and she had to have wrenching surgery. So I knew they're going in. 
Yeah. You know, and I don't think a football player goes in, goes in thinking he's not going to get hit to the head or get a concussion. I mean, this is what we signed up for. You know, uh, we try to not, you know, get injured and stuff. Uh, you know, as, as fighters, you know, I think also as fighters or as competitors, we, uh, we hide it, you know, because we don't want to be weak. Yeah. So to say my head hurts, I'm not going to say it. You know, I'm like, oh, my head hurts, coach. <laughs> yeah. First of all, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just making that up because you don't want to spar today. <laughs> and some people do. Yeah. And yeah. some people don't. So it's like, you know, you have to protect them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to protect the fighters from themselves, the ones that need it. And you have to push the other fighters that, that are trying to protect themselves, push them harder. You know, it's got to be a balance and it's kind of hard because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. There's people that have come to me and said, you know, this is hurting and, Whatever, and I assessed it. I said, okay, let's not spar today then. And there's people that they're sparring, and are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I, mean, I can tell something's off, you yeah. know, and stuff. So they want to say anything. So I was I was one of those guys. I'm one of those guys that don't say, I'm, I'm, you know, my weaknesses. I just don't. You know, you, you don't. So that's what actually hurts us as, as athletes. It's the fact that we don't say anything when we're like, we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to tough it out. We're supposed to uh, get through it. And you do, you know, but sometimes you need, some help so like that's just part of at least from what i've learned and, and like being being with, around you and, and sparring with you way back when yeah but like you one of the things you taught me was composure yeah. like you need to keep your composure yeah. you can't be showing the other guy oh you're hurt or that you're you know you can't breathe because you're out of shape yeah. or whatever you got to hide all that yeah. and so then you like you, you have to you have to so like when do you you learn that and then like when do you learn what is an actual energy uh, injury when do you when do you say something yeah you don't you probably wouldn't do it unless it's actually keeping you from standing up or yeah, something yeah. yeah as a trainer you have to learn to recognize those things mm-hmm. as an individual you obviously have to also educate yourself and knowing when okay i think i'm and as i've gotten older i've gotten better about myself because i i've had some serious like uh injuries that could have killed me oh wow you know? but again i'm it's nothing <laughs> <laughs> like what like what happened nothing. So I'm sparring, and when this city, this one kid catches me with an uppercut. Boom, he hits me right in, the, right in the nose. Boom. Obviously, my nose swelled, and it was bleeding for the end. I'm trying to get this guy. He was slick, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm trying to get him back, and I'm trying to cut him. He's running around the ring, and I'm trying to cut him <laughs> off. And the round ends, and I, I'm a bloody mess, and the blood everywhere. Yeah. So I go clean it up. And I go home, ice it, thinking it's just a swollen nose. Uh-huh. It's just a, how many times does that happen? You get a punch in the nose, and your nose swells. So I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know, you know. So I, I go home, my nose is swelling, and it's continuing to swell. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I've had that before, so it's no big deal. Swelling is not, not this part of it, you know. But then uh, it's swelling into my lip, my lip now swelling too, and my gum, yeah. you know. So I'm going, it's not getting better. Now the pain, the pressure, the pain starting to get to me. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, it's going to be okay. And I'm, you know, it's going to be okay. So I got night goes there, and the next day I wake up, is the same. And it's going to be, you know, usually the day after is the worst anyways. But the day after that is that when you start to get some relief, but no, it wasn't. And then uh, my gum above my teeth ruptured. And then the blood just came down, draining it. Oh. And it was like, oh, but I got immediate relief. I was like, oh, that pressure I was feeling here, it just drained. Oh, finally, I feel better now, you know. Again, I'm, I'm saying this uh, uh, thinking back on how it happened. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it as it's happening because I had a different mindset then. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I, ass- I assessed it all now, so I know what happened, you know. And um, so then I'm thinking, okay, I'm out of the blue. I can feel better. Then the pain starts coming back again. 
and I got this pain in my so like so then finally so this has happened on Friday then by Monday Tuesday's getting worse my mom's saying oh, go to the doctor I leave my wife saying go to the doctor I'm okay I'm okay <laughs> even my dad comes down yeah go to the doctor <laughs> all right pops <laughs> I'm like no it's okay but then I, I but I do call the doctor you know yeah. call the doctor I said listen we can't see you till Friday I said okay I'm in a lot of pain so okay I gotta wait till Friday now wow so I go to Friday to the doctor and um you know, and, and I'm again, this, this pain is and taking Advil now, 400 milligrams, you know, trying to curve the pain. Then uh, I get to the doctor and she was very understanding. If she's like, she knows what I do. I told her what I did, what happened. I said, like, it must have, you, you, you must be in a lot of pain to come here because usually you guys don't, don't say anything. I said, ah, it hurts a lot. Yeah. You know, so well, well, let me check it. I said, let me see if I can have you see the specialist today. So she goes and talks to them. No. They can't see me till Tuesday. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I'm going, okay. And she's like, you know, I'm like, I had my daughter with me because, you know, I was babysitting and mm-hmm. she was off of school. And how old was she? Uh, probably four. Okay. You know, she, you know, she's sitting there just kind of, you know, and then she goes back again, tries again, and then comes back. No, oh, they can't see you till Tuesday. I said, okay, well, I'll come back Tuesday. Oh, that weekend was brutal. So it's just the pain that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't ease off. And so I did what I'm supposed to do, right? I went to the doctor and no resolution. And then I, I have to wait till Tuesday now. So I got to wait till Tuesday. So I walk in Tuesday morning. I didn't have any breakfast anticipating anything. Yeah. So I get there and the doctor looks at it, puts a needle into it, drains it right into my nose middle. So what happened had developed a blood clot in my nose. Oh, wow. In the middle. Okay. Not, a, not necessarily bruising of the nose, but it was a blood clot in the middle. And that blood clot had ruptured and, and stuff. And it, like I said, it alleviated. But then... You know, your mouth has so much bacteria and stuff that when that opened, bacteria got in and went into the nose. Oh so, it kind of went backwards, right? You know, if mm-hmm. you get bit by a human, it's worse than getting bit by a dog. So, I it went up there and it started to develop an, an infection, a bad infection. So, he looks at it, drains it. I can tell by the looks. It doesn't look good. You're going to send it to the lab, get a culture. They come back. Uh, when's the last time you ate? I said, well, I haven't had breakfast yet. We need to do surgery. I said, okay. I said, you have a bacteria. Is the flesh-eating bacteria? Oh, staph. Yeah, no, no. Flesh-eating bacteria that you, eats you. You're a MRSA. No, it's, it's a flesh-eating bacteria. Well, maybe it is MRSA, yeah. but it, it's just, it eats, it, it starts to eat inside you, you know, and yeah. uh, just eat whatever. But it was in here. It wasn't on the surface. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. With MRSA, it's usually on the top. Oh, is that what the case? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, okay. you know, you get those in grappling all the time. Yeah, you infections. do. This is internal. And um, so, it's in there eating away you know Jesus so I said, we gotta drain this i said okay so i called alicia my wife listen uh they're gonna do surgery come pick me up yeah you know? <laughs> so okay okay so um you know i drove there but she's gonna have to take me home and uh so they, they set it all up i they put me in they take me in they take me out i come out my nose is stuffed uh i got antibiotics and i'm on painkillers and i feel better even though i'm all groggy and i said yeah it's you know Half of the cartilage in your nose is gone. Maybe you comp- maybe all of it is gone. What? Meaning your nose is going to completely go flat. They, oh. I'm looking at going like, you'll never be able to fight again. And I'm going, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on That's here? the so, first thing doctors tell you. That's the first thing you tell me. So yeah. you probably won't be able to breathe really well. Yeah. Because your nose goes flat, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm going, oh, she's okay. So I, I go home. I'm just trying to heal now. Like, oh, just trying to process and heal. That was Friday, uh, that was Tuesday. So the rest of the week, I'm just taking it easy at home, trying to just let this get better. And, you know, you're on antibiotics for seven days and then you're, you, you, they pack, they come back in a week, they're going to remove the gauze. 
and my nose was stuffed. I couldn't breathe out of it, you know, and uh, it's swollen too. So then I go back, they pull out the gauze. The thing was like about, <laughs> I don't know how they fit that in there, how they like get in there. two feet long? It was, it was like, oh my God, and they pull it out. You can feel it in your brain, like they're going oh. through your brain. <laughs> so then they pull it out and then they look inside and say, well, the scar needs to heal. Yeah. And stay on this a little longer, so make sure we got the we got the the antibiotics and infections gone completely. I said, if you had to wait another day, you could have died. Holy going, crap! I was here on Friday. Yeah, I didn't wait another day. You you made me wait another day. I was like, I'm I mad. I was I'm fighting already. Like, oh, you you know, an idiot. You know, like <laughs> you wait another day. I said, no, oh, you know. <laughs> so, because it would have gone into the into the brain. Yeah, it was in the in the a barrier there. They could have gotten to the brain. It's like, oh. I said, yeah, but, you know, most of the cartilage was gone. You probably won't be able to fight anymore because, you know, when your nose is going to go flat and you're not going to go like, I'm like, oh, man. That's like, that's the last thing I want to hear. I'm not going to fight again. So then I leave. I said, come back, you know, for weekly checkups. Come back next week. I said, okay, well, you stop taking the antibiotics, the infection, or the scar is still healing. So let it heal a little longer. And every time he tell me the same thing, it's not, you know, not good news, mm. you know, and, uh. But he had another doctor with him that was more compassionate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, you still have half of your cartilage left in there. Maybe you, you know, you be able to breathe and stuff. It's, we won't know until like the swelling goes on. It's going to take months. So I'm not thinking about quitting. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to quit. I'm just, I'm just getting started, you know. It's like, so it's 2002. So then um, I come back the next week again. Every time I go, they're taking pictures because they want to see the progress and stuff. So it's the university, so they want to document everything. Uh-huh. And the same thing. So they come back next week. And finally, I just had enough of them. It's like, is the infection gone? Yes. Is my nose healed? Yeah. Okay. That's because you just give me, give me no hope of fighting. So then I just walk. I say, you know, schedule your next appointment and I'll see you in a week or two weeks, whatever. And I just didn't. I just walked out yeah. and left and resumed training. And, uh, you just went back to training. I went back to training. You like, didn't I, ask him if it was okay. No, I didn't. He already told me not to. Yeah. He said, don't do it, you know? So uh-huh. I was like, you shouldn't be able to. So I, I started run- I was already running as it was, you know, trying to get it, you know, maintain my conditioning. So then I went back and I fought a month later. Uh-huh. You know, I, I got a fight. And, uh, <laughs> a month later? A month later. I, 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 I fought. Five weeks later, I fought. And then I never looked back. I just kept going. Yeah. And yeah, with time, you somebody knows just start settle, settle, settle. Yeah. And settle into what it is now, you know, maybe a little more because you know, I've been sparring or when I got hit, maybe kind of. Yeah. But yeah, half of, half of the cartilage was missing. You, you I, know, that's kind of nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's how I am. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah, dude. That's, I mean, that's, that's badass. I mean, I, I wasn't I mean, going to let them dictate my career. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't let them, you know, but it, you know, my nose got wider as a result of me training through it because it had to adapt. Like, you know, it wasn't going to go back to being narrow and flat it, uh, it flattened it and got wider so i can get air in so you breathe better now i breathe better. i can breathe no problem they thought i wasn't gonna be able to breathe wow. it's just interesting how the body will adapt to whatever you needed to do and if i had not continued training it probably wouldn't have happened but i went right into training and i'm breathing and i'm out of my nose and i do look at my nose and and I, it's, it's wider it's mm-hmm. flatter and stuff and uh I can breathe no problem out of out of both nostrils yeah. you know so and it's not sensitive more sensitive than before because mm-hmm. i've gotten hit to it so it, it's something that's behind me now. You know, it was that, those kind of things that I've gone through. You know, waiting a little longer, I was like, because, you know, again, you're like, I can take it. It's okay. I'm not, there's nothing. It's just, a, it's just a swelling. But now from my experience, whenever one of my fighters gets his nose hurt, I look at it, it's the swelling in the inside or it's the, on, the, on the outside. Because mm-hmm. I know that I know better now. Is it a block line in the, in the medial, you know, or is it the outside, the swelling and the bridge of the nose? So I can assess that for them and I can tell them, I said, listen, if your nose starts to swell in the inside, 
you know, if you can't breathe because of, you know, whatever, I can tell them my experience. So then now they don't have to go through what I went through, you know? So I, I use that, you know? So I, I, yeah, anything I learn, I share with my students so they know yeah. what to expect, you know? Yeah. Doctors will be so quick to tell you, you can't yeah. fight no more. Like I got, at one point, the last time I, I trained yeah. with you, I got, uh, uh, I ended up getting, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, floaters in, me, in my eye. Yeah. So I go to the doctor, you know, I'm like sitting in the movie theater and I'm seeing like these little ghost <laughs> images and I'm like, what, what is, what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. What, what is, <laughs> and so like it freaked, out. it scared me. I thought the, I thought the movie theater was haunted, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I'm sitting there and I see these floaters and I'm like, oh man, what's this? So I go see a doctor eventually. I figure out that it's my eyes. Yeah. I go see a doctor and the doctor, the first thing he told me is you, you shouldn't fight anymore. Don't, don't fight anymore. And, you know, I was, I was working as a web developer yeah. and as kind of like a web designer. So an artist, mm -hmm. I'm like, I need my eyes. Yeah. You know? So like the mindset, at least my mindset was different. It was like, I, I need this for, yeah, yeah. you know, my career, uh, you know, but like, yeah, I, I, I chickened out. I was like, no, no more, no more sparring, no more fighting. And then I find out later, it's just like, it's not. I got floaters. Yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> everybody has them. Yeah. yeah everybody has them. You know? Everybody has them. You know, you know, after a certain age, everybody develops them, some more than others. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't even see them anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't spar anymore, yeah. but, but I, I was just like, you know, I could have, I could have stayed boxing see that's the difference between you and i you developed a career i didn't yeah. mm. this was my career yeah it was your career it was it wasn't i i i barely finished high school mm -hmm. you know i didn't go to college I, I went for one semester and never went <laughs> <laughs> i signed up and it wasn't for me i yeah. i didn't now i can probably go back to school and, and maybe be interested in something but i was interested in in earning money and working and, and living you know so and i knew how to do that so i really didn't you know pursue it so when I got into fighting, it was an opportunity for me to achieve something like big in my life. Yeah. You know, win a world title. That's like getting a degree in college or something, you know, that's like a big deal. You know, for me, that was like my identity. Yeah. You know, so I was going to let some doctor stop me and say, you can't do this. I go, you shouldn't be doing any of this. Yeah. The truth is you shouldn't be getting it to the head, according to some neuroscientists, you know, they're like yeah. neuros neurosurgeons. They're like, don't, don't, the impact to the head is terrible and stuff like that. And and so on and so on. So yeah, it's not, it's not, but it's like, you can't tell a person, you know, that when they have nothing that you're like, oh, don't do it. So what am I going to do then? I have nothing yeah. else to do. I mean, I can get a job anywhere, yeah. you know, but I can work, but I wanted to, I was, I'm stubborn that way, you know? Well, you're and, a fighter. I'm you're a fighter, you're a fighter inside yeah, and out yeah. and as a profession. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. And I, and I, uh, I just couldn't wait to prove them wrong, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and that's what I did, you know? And, and I fought, you know, five years after that, you know, three yeah. years after that, you know, kept fighting. So it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it wasn't going to stop me. So, yeah, no, it was, it was that, it was, it was that, that's what I tell kids nowadays too, when they want to do that, that, you know, you're going to be facing, you know, if you want to be a fighter, you got to think about this. You're going to be facing kids that have no other life options. This is what, this is their way out or up out mm -hmm. of somewhere. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't go to school. They didn't have no money. They want to make something of themselves and they're willing to die for it because they're basically barely living. Yeah. You know, they have no hope. And, you know, so it's, this is what they use, you know? So that's the way I looked at it. I was like, I got to make, I got to do this. I have no option. I have no, no option. Quitting is not an option. Not, not doing it or tough is, you know, trying to avoid tough. No, it's like the tougher, the better, because it's, it's making me, forging me, mm -hmm. making me better. You know, that's, that was the mindset. That is the mindset, you know? So I warned them about this. You're going to be fighting with some, you know, I fought many guys that, came out of jail for murder. Yeah. You know, they were fighters before they killed someone. They went to jail, came out, and guess what? 
They don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. They know how to fight. So they come back in the gym and figure, let me, I know how to fight. I can make some money. And they're bad people that, you know, like I, I'm prepared for that. You know, I was mm. prepared to fight guys like that. I sparred with them. I became friends with them in the gyms, you know. Some people were guilty of it. Some people were not, whatever it is, you know, they, they're, they can go there. They can kill the person, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I warned them of all that, you know, you have comfort, you have uh, food, you have options. This person doesn't have them. When things get really tough, you know, was yeah. like you went through going, oh, this is my eyesight. I can't afford to. Some people rather go blind than I heard people, you know, say they'd rather lose a leg than give up bread. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I people say like the diabetics, like you shouldn't be eating bread and sugar stuff. I'd rather give up pasta. I'd rather lose a leg than give up pasta or something. I mean, they just they just have much passion for their food. And like, <laughs> there's no way, you know. So uh, that's that's how when you're on, when you're at a certain place in life, you're like you're gonna, you know, I you mean I can't do this. I'm gonna do it, you know. And when you have options, you're like, you know, maybe I should go back to school. You know, maybe I should stay. Like, it's not for everybody. Yeah. No, that, that's and what that's one hundred percent. I think I, I brought this up too. Yeah. To Leonard was, it, it was it was Nestor, mm-hmm. and I don't want Nestor to get a bad rap. So I'll. I'll what do you say? One day, yeah. you and I we yeah. sparred, yeah. and I was sitting there. My head was like a Z. Because <laughs> like you, you like like I have bruises up here on my forehead and bruises down here on my yeah. jaw or something. Yeah. And and he came over to me and he was like, "Dude, your your head is all lopsided." <laughs> Jesus. And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And I and I this is like, look in the mirror. And I look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, "It does look. I do look a little like like crunk from uh, Goonies, you know? Like I was. I had a pretty good beating yeah. that day. And I was just like, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's just whatever, yeah, you know. In my head, bruising. yeah, it was just whatever. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And my head did look a little lopsided, yeah. but I was like, it'll be gone tomorrow. I'm yeah. I'm 18 or whatever. Yeah. And so he was like. Yeah, he told me it was, I was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Yeah, you know, I, I mean, reality check. Yeah, and he was like, "Are you sure you want to do this? Like, you, you, you have the means yeah. to go to school, yeah. and you're smart. Yeah, it's like you don't have to do this. You can, you can. Well, I want to be a kickboxer. Yeah, yeah. And I want to be a champ, yeah. and you know, because you know, I looked at you, I idolized you, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I want to be like Oscar, oh, well, you know. Thank you. And so I was just like, but he was like, "No, man, you could, you could be something else," yeah. you know. And then I said, I thought about yeah. it, and that was enough to make me go a different good. path. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Because uh, no, it's not. It's not a bad thing for Nestor to have said that. He was no. Just, and people have said it to me. People have said it to other people. It's like, mm. listen, you know, you have options. You yeah. Know? It's just uh, some people don't, and you do. And do you really want to put yourself through this? And and because it doesn't get easier. No. You know, it continues. You know, you get hit less, which as you get better, you get hit less. You know, as you get stronger, you. You know, but it's you're still getting hit. You know, yeah. so it's a it's a tough life. It's a hard life. And um, I said it's not so much even that, but it's, you know, when when you're training, all the things you have to give up. Yeah. You know that that are even tougher. It's tougher know? not only on you, but the yeah. family, the people you're around with. Yeah, that that was that was the tough part for me. To now, I recognized it, but just it was for me being. I was edgy. I was short. I was short fused. I was. Uh, in a bad mood, you know. During training camp? Uh, yeah, you know, I tell my fighters, you know, I, I set them down and I say, you know, this is what we're going to be doing for training. Mm-hmm. This is what you're not going to be doing. Drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't you're, fight. For five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. No, I don't know. no partying. Oh, I can't. I can't go out. <laughs> yeah. No sex. Oh, that's it. I'm out. Like, oh, you still hold that? You oh, still? Yeah, absolutely. No yeah, sex, absolutely. huh? Absolutely. You know, you got to sustain, you know. It's, oh, um, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's all these things you have to give up, yeah. you know, and to, to, so obviously now I don't drink. I never drank. Mm-hmm. So giving up alcohol from me was like, 
cool. Yeah. That's, that's done. So it's like, yeah. it's, that's not something for me that's going to, you know, so that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, give them a certain foods. Give them a pizza. Give them a soda. Give them up like, you know, like, oh, man, I love pizza, you know. Give them a sex. I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's torture, you know. I yeah. mean, that's, you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. that, that stuff makes you edgy. That stuff yeah. makes, you're not getting the foods that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Comfort foods, you know. Yeah. You, after training, you want some comfort. You, know, you want something warm, something greasy, something, you know. And, and you can't have that. And you can't have any nurturing sex, you know, that you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's terrible. So, yeah. you know, so for other people... That might not be the case. Sex might be nothing, mm-hmm. but beer or or food, whatever. So, anyways, you got to give those things that you love, some things that you're that you enjoy. You got to give up the pleasures to get you to become that person you need to be. So it's not even about it, it, it's it's not even about yeah. the, the 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 so much the discipline, but just like you need that edginess, and that's what oh, you're yeah, trying to you, go you, for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. When you have sex, do you want to fight anybody? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I want, yeah, we'll talk. Maybe, maybe I'll fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Snap, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 don't you don't. And uh, so now you think about you haven't had sex for say five weeks. You know, think <sighs> of the person you become. You yeah. know, you're just. And then yes, you don't miss it anymore. You like you you kind of like it's like it's like giving up anything. You know, you have it's hardest for the first three weeks, mm-hmm. and then after that, it gets a little easier. And then it just, it just, you're not, you know, thinking about it all the time, but it gets easier. So same thing with food, same thing with other things, you know, just, but the first three weeks are the, probably the toughest. That's yeah. when you're kind of breaking that habit. And then it, it's like 90 days to change behavior. You know, after 90 days, you're like, not even like, it's just, you're like a monk. Yeah. You know, it's a different mindset, you know, but, you know, but when you're in a gym and you're around beautiful women all the time, you know, <laughs> it's really hard. Or when you're, you're looking at, you know, your wife, it's like, you know, so I mean, whatever, you know, so it's, it's just inevitable that your eyes and i'm a very visual person i see things i i watch fights i see i acknowledge i'm noticing things you know like that so other people are more auditory other people are more more sent more feel kind of like that you know so Mm. yeah it was it was tough it was hard and uh it was a it was a rough one man. getting invited to somewhere i can't go and i can't have anything there i can't you know and you can't and really also you can't afford to get into an altercation with somebody somebody there's always somebody that says something stupid and, and just like you know at the okay, clubs like, and stuff. At the clubs, even at yeah. the parties, you know, you always invite. I invite people to my house. I invite you to my house. Mm-hmm. And if you bring somebody, you're accountable for that person. Mm-hmm. If that person gets out of line, it's on you, you know. And then you're not invited anymore. No, I'm not I bringing anybody. Think, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, it's the person you bring that starts trouble. You know, you know better not to. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the person. You know how he is. But yeah. other people that you bring in might be the ones that usually start something. Mm. And you know, you go to parties, and there's always that person that's like, "Who invited him?" You know, but saying something, you know. Yeah. So obviously, you like, you can confront them right away and get into a kind of an altercation. So it's like, I don't want to be around there right now. I can't afford to hurt my hands and or hurt myself and not be able to fight. Mm. I committed to this, and I got to do it. So now I would avoid gatherings. You know, people that I want to be around, whatever. So and if I did, I would go early and leave early before people started drinking. You know, people started getting a little. I would go so make an appearance. I would eat before I go. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, I knew I couldn't have anything that was there. So mm. I have a good meal and then I, I eat there. And I, if I look at anything, I wanted to try anything, I can maybe try some, but I wasn't going to go eat there. Mm. Usually you go to a party and you want to eat there. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to have great food. I can't wait. <laughs> no, it's like I eat, make sure I didn't cheat, you know, my diet and stuff. So, and uh, yeah, so it was always that way, you know, mm. so. It's interesting that you even, you even avoided uh, the possibility of confrontation. Oh. All the time, you have to because I, I can't. I said I'm training for a fight, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to pull out, and that meant a lot to me. I wanted to do this fight. I wanted to. I want. You can't get to the next level if you don't fight. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. 
escalate up the ladder. Mm -hmm. So I had to avoid all these different things. I love playing soccer and I'm good at it. I was good at it, you know, and I couldn't afford to go get kicked in the shin and stuff and get roll my ankle. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I going on a bike, motorcycle or something and, you know, taking a risk of getting injured or something, uh -huh. you know, just all these things you have to avoid, yeah. you know. Do so you careful. still, you still avoid those things even outside of camp? Uh, or are you? I, I would try them, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, I'm still careful, you know, that mm -hmm. I, you know, I, again, I, I injured still injury, so I don't want to not be able to work. Okay. You know, and uh, with me doing privates, if I'm not teaching, I'm not making money either. So it's like, I can't really afford to, but I, I, I do things, you mm -hmm. know, I, I enjoy, you know, if I see a stack game, I'll join it, you know, now, yeah. now I will. But back then I couldn't get an elbow. You know, one time I, I clashed heads with my brother-in-law playing basketball. I'm not good at that. So <laughs> I cut my eye and I couldn't afford it, you know, oh, man. That, you know, so yeah. it's just. So I have one last question before we go. Uh, just out of curiosity, is there anybody or any fights or anything you're studying right now? Anybody in particular that you like to look at and be like, oh, this guy, he's got, you know, he's got real good this or real good that. Well, obviously, you know, uh, I'm always looking. I always, I've always made a habit to look at great fighters, not average fighters. Hmm. So if there's a fight on TV, I can tell, okay, these guys are uh, novices, beginners. And then um, I forward it. Okay. Get to the main event, get to the co-main event, get to the quality fights, you mm -hmm. know. But then once in a while, you see an undercard fight, you go, oh, this guy's going to go somewhere. This guy's got skills, you know. I'll mm -hmm. watch it for that, you know. So, you know, um, I see a lot of that in the undercards for all the different shows. So, I record them and then as I'm watching, I'm uh, forward, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. It's like there's really nothing to learn here. I mean, everybody serves an example. It's in sometimes even if it's not what what not to do, yeah. So like okay, I know that rule already. I know not to do that, so I don't need to watch them. But I get to it, like you know, Canelo, obviously Lomachenko. I study them and I watch them. And, oh, I love Lomachenko, you know, um, Crawford. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of you know great fighters right now that are out there. I'm on a big uh, Thai boxing thing with One FC. Mm -hmm. They're doing with that, you know. They're bringing all these great championships and Thai fights and uh, from Limpini Stadium and. Singapore, they're like, wow, this they're high level stuff. We did stuff you and I didn't have access to 30 years ago. You know, we only heard about how great Thai boxers look. I mean, the only access we had was kickboxer. Yeah. See, well, we had so, videotapes every now and then that yeah, we get. That we, yeah. VHS tapes, you know, yeah. Tung Po. And like, oh, I heard Tung Po. <laughs> Everybody knew who that guy was. Those yeah. fearless Thai boxers, you know. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was that was, but now to have such high quality fights. And, and HD and, mm. and just like, um, you know, you can watch them on YouTube and it's great. So, you watch everything? I watch everything. I was UFC fights. I, I'm, I, I have a big, like a library you have right behind uh -huh. you, bigger than that of videotapes, mm. of VHS tapes that I used to record back in the day. Uh -huh. And ever since YouTube started, it's like, I don't need to do that anymore. I need yeah. to record. But I have hundreds of tapes and DVDs of recordings of every event that was happening that I can get a hold of. And I have uh -huh. them all filed and categorized. So, I... I can look at the year and say, okay, 91, what did I, in November, I can go up and find it, wow. pull it out and put it in and study it and watch it, you know? So, yeah, I, I Draka, which is the Russian kickboxing, Sanchao, uh, Pride, you know, so how, Strike Force. So, how often do you, like, how many hours a week do you spend watching tape? I, I, last night I was stretching watching some fights uh, you know I watch an afternoon and I watch you know just all the time every day every day I watch something and there's days that I don't but I, uh -huh. I watch you know I mean um, do we do, if I you... watch fights regularly sometimes I watch I get in a, on a bench and I'm watching three fights in one night just watch got, in, got hooked into you know watching uh -huh. something I want to relive something I want to go back and study because I have great memories of it uh -huh. or something new 
like uh, last Friday, there were five hours of Thai boxing. <laughs> Four and a half hours. You watch five hours of Thai well, boxing. You know, it's on YouTube, so I can yeah. forward through all oh. the, and I just get to the fight, 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 fight. So it's yeah, yeah. maybe two and a half hours, three hours, you know, but it's just, I'm, I can forward through it and just get to the fights and they watch half one day and half another day. That's amazing. You know? so I'm just constantly, now I don't watch any any basketball. I don't watch any football, mm. any, any anything else. Yeah. You know, I, I watch what I do. I do martial arts and I watch that. I don't have time. Imagine if I did. Yeah. I wouldn't have time for anything else. Yeah. I'd be watching all these different sports and stuff. And I guess if I was a basketball player, I'd probably be watching basketball, trying to learn, trying to, but I, I don't. I get, I'm all caught up in the martial art world of fights. So mm-hmm. I don't need to be, I don't know who, who this guy is, who that person is when it comes to, to football and stuff and mm-hmm. commercials. You see some of these football players and going, who is that? You know, <laughs> I don't know who they are. I don't know who. Are you just watching solely striking or are you also watching like, uh, like jujitsu? I don't watch, I watch some jujitsu because they have some of them on FC. They have yeah. some world championships. You know, I watched a couple of pe- people, you know, it's like uh-huh. interesting. Uh, but I don't watch as much jujitsu, you know, as much as the striking, the kickbox, the MMA. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. watching all that. But I, I have watched a few of the world championships grappling that they do in one FC. I have a question you know? for you. So, like knowing your background and the experience and and, and all the upbringing that you had in, in boxing and just fighting in general, when the when the fight comes on the screen, do you get a little nervous? Do you do you think about the old days, or are you good to just watch there and not get excited? No, when when I'm looking forward to a fight, I get excited. And and let's say I have a fight at my house because I invited people over to watch this fight we've been looking forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch it with the crowd. I have fun with it, uh-huh. you know, and um, I study it, you know. But when everybody leaves, I watch it again. Oh. I need to study it. I need to watch. I need to, like, sit there and, like, because, you know, you know you're, you're talking, like, you and I are talking, watching uh-huh. the fight, talking. and yeah. I need to focus. Yeah, yeah. I need to pay attention. I need to watch. I need to study. I need to study the setups and the moves. So usually, at least my wife would say, um, didn't you watch this fight already? I said, yeah, but you know, I was hosting. I was talking. I was kind of, <laughs> you know, I was, I need to watch it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, and that's when she, sometimes she'll watch it with me too. You mm-hmm. know, like, because then she's like, oh, you know, or I call her, watch this, you know. But yeah. um, that's what I, I, I get, I get tunnel vision. I get focused. Uh-huh. You know? And then, and I, yeah, I get excited. I get nervous. I'm like reliving, you know, what what a fighter is like inside. Cause I can see the setups. I can see what's happening. I can see it. You know, I can see that it's happening or before it happens, I can see, why is he doing that move? What's mm-hmm. he setting up? Why does he keep going this way? And then you're just, and then you listen to the commentators because, you know, they get to interview them and they get to, uh, to ask them questions and then they get to share some insights that we don't get. So I'm listening to that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually when you're hosting, you're like talking, so you're not yeah. listening relative, you know, you're watching the fight, not really listening. Yeah. One of one of the parts that, that you miss out on sometimes, especially when you're hosting, is yes the commentary that yeah. the, the, that you got yeah. the commentators yeah. going but also like what the corner people are saying yeah all that too yeah so like that so unfortunately when when i host fights and yeah. stuff i don't always get a chance to go back and watch it yeah. but usually when i'm sitting down like everybody in the room is like a jujitsu yeah. guy yeah, or yeah. something they're quiet. so they're quiet oh, okay good you know <laughs> so like i get to study we're all studying together yeah, yeah. and then we're like sharing yeah, nonsense yeah, yeah. with each other like no but that's the part they're yeah. sharing stuff so like yeah. i need complete quiet I need complete silence. I need yeah. to be like, oh, you you just want to have your thoughts. I want to have my thoughts. I don't uh-huh. I don't want to think of nothing enter my mind other than just what I'm watching, studying. Uh-huh. And so yeah, I have to like, even even when we're watching and studying and talking, still I still want to watch it. Now and, and if it's a great fight, I'll watch it the next day again. Uh-huh. I might watch it like I it's not uncommon that I watch the fight with the crowd and then I watch it that night and I watch it again the next day. 
Mm. that I watch it. I, I wish sit and study it again, watching this movements and stuff. So yeah, I only do that with like the really big, really great fights. Yeah, that's that's you know I that's, don't do it like for like even so so fights sometimes. Yeah, no, no, with with so so fights, I already see. I've seen that script before. Yeah, but watching guys at higher level, you need to pay attention because it's like they're doing such such moves that you're like. You can't be distracted, and uh, and I I'm in there with them. You know, I'm like mm. sitting there watching. What would I do? What I, you know? What's what's he thinking? What's uh-huh. he? I need to get in there in in that space. So a- anybody in, in MMA that you like a lot right now? Demetrius Johnson, what he was been doing at One FC. Mm-hmm. Besides what he did in in the in the UFC, in the UFC. Yeah. Now he's what he's done over there fighting Rotang. <laughs> I haven't seen any uh-huh. of the fights once he left UFC. Oh, and then he's he's. The UFC, uh, 1FC is making their debut in America now. Oh. In Colorado, I think it's May. Oh, really? It's going to be him and... Uh, Demetrius is, is on the card? It's the main event. It's, ah. it's the third fight. He lost the title to this kid. Mm-hmm. He beat him. Really, in the cl- man, that was great the way he set him up. I'm going to have then, to go check this out. And then he's having the third fight now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a Brazilian fighter. Okay. And uh, so that, you know, him... Um, you know, the UFC, I mean, I, I wish you... Well, who is it? I mean, there's there is obviously... A lot of names that I'm watching and I see, but uh, nothing that's coming up to mind right now. I mean, I was really into John Jones, so he started cheating. <laughs> what do you mean with the, with, with the drugs? With I the mean, drugs, yeah. yeah. Guess, well, he's a people, little crazy, so. People forgive him so quick to forgive. I'm, I'm a professional fighter, you mm-hmm. know. There's no cheating. There's no drugs. There's no enhanced performance enhancement stuff, you know. That's, that's as a martial artist, that's just honorable. Yeah. Find, a way to, find a way to cheat, you know. And I got so talented, it blew me away when I found out. I was like, and then he's done it multiple times. Yeah. And people are still writing him really high. Like, I said, really? I mean, you're that's the kind you're gonna forget. I forgot. I forgot who said this, but you someone know? said that if you gotta use, you know, performance enhancing yeah. drugs, you have a weakness. You do. What, it is. Whether it's a mental weakness. It's a mental weakness. You, you exactly. Feel like you don't have enough. Yeah. And I understand you're. You know, as fighters, we're always trying to get to the next level. I understand that. You know, and there's only so much the body can get you. And when you're doing that, it will help you. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I mean, you're putting other people at risk now. Yeah. You know, you're putting other people's careers at, at risk by doing that. And, uh, you know, our sport is, it takes so many steps to get to a certain point. And then one loss can set you back five steps. Yeah. You know, it takes 10, 10 15 steps to get there. And boom, you're back at the bottom of the barrel again. Like, oh, man, I got to start all over again. And if you cheated and you and you did that to me, it's it's not even fair that, yeah. you know, you would do that to me. So anybody that's doing that stuff, I'm like, and some people are saying, well, let them both do great, you know, steroids. And let, like, let them that, have it. You and know? then it gets really dangerous. It's going to be dangerous. And, and then, you know, everybody's talking about the effects of getting hit to the head. There's also effects to doing that steroids. There's yeah. long-term damage you're doing to your body as well that mm-hmm. is that you're going to later on say, well, you know, you shouldn't do that anymore because... Yeah, the you know the 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 goal of of what we do is to take whatever you God given abilities are and see how far you can get with them without mm-hmm. cheating. Yeah, and if you have to cheat to do it, then you know. And worst part, you're getting recognition from people that are willing to look the other way and say you're great. That's not that's not that's not right. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's unfortunate for. And if for you some... can make it, you cannot. Not everybody can make it to the top. You yeah. know, it's like hey, so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I think that's what makes a fighter, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what that's what we strive for. To fight, fight for everything we get. You know, fight mm-hmm. every inch. On that note, let's uh, go ahead and put a cap on this. Thank you so much, Oscar. It's been a true honor, and mm-hmm. I'm truly, truly, I truly feel blessed to have known you for as long as I've known you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have before we go? Do you have anything you want to plug? Any websites or any any business or? Uh, First of all, I um, when you ask me, I don't do things like this. You know, I'm, I'm very private. 
Mm-hmm. I don't share. I mean, uh, the only fight of me on YouTube used to be that Antoine Echoes fight that somebody else posted on there, yeah. not me. Someone, <laughs> someone else did post. Yeah, <laughs> somebody I crossed the wrong way somewhere. <laughs> so I remember looking at their yeah user user page like, yeah. what other fights does he have in there? Still said nothing else. <laughs> He just has your fights. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll do just that one fight. Yeah. I, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> somebody got great pleasure seeing me get knocked out. I'm okay with that, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so somebody, people kept asking, why are you going to put some of your fights on there? I said, no, no, I'm, you know. Part of it is I wasn't retired technically. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to put my fights out there so we could study. Yeah. You know, people can sit and study you like I study other fighters. Mm-hmm. So I never did. But, you know, when I opened up the school, I, I started to put stuff out so people could, I put some fights out there, you know, just so people can see the other side of me or what I did, you know, once mm-hmm. upon a time, you know? And uh, so when you asked me to do this, I said, I, I'm uh, like, I'm very private. Uh, I, uh, I, I I don't share much. I, I do share a lot with my students, mm-hmm. especially my fighters. I'm, I'm so close with them. I share so much with you and with anybody else in my, in my life that I've trained because it's inevitable that you become so close because, you know, you're, you're beating each other up. You, you know, some of my best friends has became that way because we're sparring all the time. And, um, you know, so when you ask me, I say, well, you know, I, it's out of my, out of my comfort zone, out of my, you know, my, my, my thing that I normally do. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll do it for you. Thank you. You know, because you're my student of mine and, and you know, we go way back. We go way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back and we shared, we share, you know, trying to achieve our, our goals, our life goals. You know, it's, if we forget about this, but it's, you get us, it's blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. You know, we share that together. You know, we have shared, we share some tears today mm-hmm. and, uh, in the past we share blood together and sweat plenty of that, you know, yeah. in our lives. So I said, for you, I said, I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, I'm glad I can do this for you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, there's so much thoughts in my mind. I'm, I'm a thinker. I'm, I'm a, I, I said privately, I think I write, I journal stuff. Like I said, you know, uh, so to get, to get stuff out, you know, you know, uh, like this. This is, this is the first for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's gonna be, how it's gonna go. I think I think it'll do well. I mean, this is <laughs> I amazing. I so know, um, you don't wanna you don't wanna plug your business? Um, my business, uh, you know, me probably plugging myself right now because mm-hmm. uh, because of the pandemic, I had to close down, mm-hmm. shut down, and then the owner of the building asked everybody to move out. So then I I was left without a place to host my gym. Um, and then you know. 2019 came 2020 was the pandemic 2021 my wife got diagnosed mm. <sighs> she she had cancer yeah so i couldn't do anything mm-hmm. uh, school related so i put that in a hole uh people were asking when are you gonna open i said well i'm looking <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm looking uh again we're, we're gonna share much of what we were going through uh her journey her, her path yeah 2022 comes around thinking okay we're doing great and then uh took a turn for the worst and you know i started looking at places again and i, I found something i think i like she even you know i was going to take her to see it and stuff what do you think about this place and then we couldn't see it uh then she passed away so so now uh i'm looking again you know, okay. now that I, I've gone through this, I'm going through this. Uh, this is what I do for a living. I don't plan to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a martial art. I've, I've gained so much knowledge over the over the decades. I've trained with a lot of great people. I was fortunate enough to go to Degerberg Academy and learn there and, and be close with Grandmaster Degerberg. And he shared so much with me. And so many people there, you know, I, I just the list will go on and on. 
And uh, so I want to share that with other people. And uh, I enjoy what I do. You know, they say, uh, do you do do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I really feel fortunate that I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have bills, I probably wouldn't charge people. Wow. So why? <laughs> yeah. I would, what I'd be doing, sitting at home watching TV or, I mean, I'd be teaching if I didn't have a, you know, rent is very expensive when you open up your business. It's mm-hmm. very expensive, you know. Uh, so you need to cover the overhead and then uh, you have to pay yourself. So, you know, but this is this is my passion. It's what I love to do. So I will continue to do this to, to the moment, to the point I can't, you know, even, even uh, my wife used to talk about planning for retirement. It's like, I don't plan on retiring. I be, I I, uh, I plan on becoming more valuable with age yeah. by doing this. More knowledge, more, you know. And if I keep myself healthy and strong, I can keep doing it. You know, it'll only keep me alive longer. Yeah. I, so I've I've always thought, I've, I came up with this myself. It's just like if if people don't need you, then what have you done? Like yeah. you, people need to be needed, yeah. you know. And so, like, making yourself more valuable, like you're saying, learning more stuff, doing more, continuing to learn and becoming valuable like you are, and, and having the influence that you have. And, and, and I, I'm very fortunate to, to have all that. I mean, I said I got into it completely because I love a passion for fighting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a world champion. And uh, everything else that you mentioned and people respect and these, ty- these other titles that I've gotten. And that was like uh, bonuses, you know, that I wasn't seeing. Yeah, they have the foresight, like, oh, yeah, after that, I'm going to get nominated. I want this. I want that. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm going to go to UFC. I'm going to go to boxing. I'm going to uh-huh. go there. I'm going to do that. You know, that's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Um, but you got this prestige now. I do. Uh, I said, in certain circles, I do have a lot of prestige and a lot of respect that I get, you know. And, uh, and, and, and I, you know, I've always been very humble about it. I'm not somebody that likes to brag or be arrogant or, you know, uh, you know, it just uh, yeah. It's great to hear. Yeah. It's almost like I'm sitting back listening to you talk about somebody else, because you know I don't see myself that way. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost a life I lived. I said I've I've already I've lived many lives. You know, I've lived my life as a young man working and and and, and starting out my young very early working, my early martial arts career. I have my life as a fighter, you know, that came and went. Have my life as a as a as a husband that just ended, you know, as, as a as a married man. But I still have my life as a father. You yeah. That's that has to continue. And then mm-hmm. uh, I also have uh, my life as a martial art teacher, as a as a martial art instructor, as a martial arts educator, that I'm going to teach people how to do this. And uh, there's a lot of bad instructors out there. <laughs> there are. <laughs> a lot of people that don't know what they're doing. And they have, good, they have good intentions. They've just never been taught correctly. Yeah. And I get a lot of students that have been training for years that still don't know their basic stuff. And um, so, yeah, I, 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 have, I enjoy teaching people. And I, mm-hmm. I, most people, I enjoy people that want to learn. Mm-hmm. When they come to me and they want to learn, I say, I have so much to share with you. If you want to work hard. I can share so much with you and make you make you uh, not only a better fighter, but ultimately become a better person because of the martial arts. Because that's what the martial art does for you. Mm-hmm. It makes you better, you know. Uh, so, like, when you speak about bad instructors, yeah. I've had my share of bad instructors. And um, you, you were the example of what a good instructor was. And not only just in, like, knowledge and stuff, but also, like, in, in personality and, and the way you, you carry yourself in front of people. And like, uh, I've run into people and I'm like, you may know your stuff, 
but you're not a good instructor. You don't have the the quality of a person that should that should be in the front of people and, and leading people. But I knew that because I knew you. Yeah. I had you as an example of what a good instructor is and just a good man in general. And uh, I am just, I am very grateful to have known you and to and to have uh, picked up all the experiences that I've, I've gotten from you and, and all the lessons. The many, many lessons, three of only that I've only shared, but there are so many other lessons. There's so many other that come up, myself yeah. included. Yeah, you know? and humility, uh, you know, just so many things that I, that I learned from you. And, and I thank you because uh, the gift that you've given me, I, I get to give to my kids. And uh, it gets passed on. Yeah, it gets passed on. And if it wasn't for you, they, they wouldn't, we wouldn't be in the spot right now. I wouldn't have this. Thank you. you know, and I th thank you. Thank you for everything, Oscar. So um, I'm going to call it quits here. So thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Traves uh, with my good friend and old boxing coach or kickboxing coach and martial arts instructor, Oscar Bravo. Uh, we will catch you next time. The music you're listening to is titled Doing This by Hallman. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. I'm going to do things a little different today. If you want to check out my sponsors, please check them out in the description or on the website. You can go to our website, theflowroadpodcast.com, and check out whatever you need to find there. But please support the podcast and check out our sponsors. I can't begin to express my gratitude over the influence that Oscar Bravo had on my life. He was my hero when I was a kid, and he still is. I still look up to the man. He's an amazing person. And thank you, Oscar. Thank you for coming on the show and thank you for all the lessons. All I can say is that we need more people like Oscar. Not just men, but women as well. We need more people like Oscar in this world to be examples. Because some of the lessons that Oscar imparted were both in the ring and, you know, him teaching me stuff. But he also taught by example. Like, he just needed to be in the room. And we need more people, more examples like this for our young. Thank you, Oscar, for being there. Thank you for existing. Thank you for everything. So please don't ever stop teaching. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ergo Traves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.